This is Crow Inquisitors, an actual play RPG podcast about exonerated criminals doing the dirty work of a corrupt church. I'm Caleb, your host and game master, and you're about to listen to episode three of the show. A quick rules explanation to start off our time here. The emotional attribute faith features prominently in this episode. So you understand exactly what's happening, let's briefly talk about faith. We mentioned before that characters can use the magic of Saragon, the nine disciplines, to manipulate the world around them and the people that inhabit it. They do this by drawing on a source of power and then channeling it through one of the disciplines. One of these sources of power can be a steward or deity. Faith, however, is a different way to interact with the world. It involves a much more direct connection to a steward than simply drawing upon them for arcane power. Rather, faith is the direct and explicit petitioning of a deity for a particular effect. Instead of drawing from their power and then channeling it through a discipline, you are asking the steward to use their own power and divine magic to do something for you. Let's see how this works in the rules. Faith is much more than simple belief. It is a profound relationship with the divine that grants the ability to work miracles. Many characters will espouse beliefs about their faith, but not every devout character possesses the faith emotional attribute. Like other magic in the Burning Wheel, faith tests are open-ended automatically which means that any sixes rolled on the test are automatically re-rolled for more possible successes, like if you had spent a fate point on it. In order to have access to the emotional magic of faith, the character must possess the faithful trait. It costs five trait points in character burning unless purchased from a life path. The player must write at least one of his character's beliefs as a statement of faith. Should the character ever lose or change this belief away from his faith, his faithful trait is changed to lost faith. You can always change the content of the belief so long as it remains centered on your faith. Theo and Delen both have faith according to the Burning Wheel rules. As such, they both have beliefs that center on their faith. You might notice them if you pay attention when they're reading their beliefs off. A faithful character may pray for divine intervention. The prayer must be announced and spoken. If the player meets his obstacle, as described in the list of miracles, they gain the favor they asked for. Theo, in addition to his faithful trait, also has the believer trait, which decreases the obstacle for any miracles performed on him by one. There are several things that a faithful character can ask for, including open-ending an ability, granting bonus dice to tests, or discovering the answer to a question. Like resources and perception, only successful faith tests count towards advancement. So, without further ado, let's hear our characters' beliefs, instincts, and traits, and begin the game. This is Crow Inquisitors. Welcome to the Burning Wheel. David is not here with us. Sad face. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, go through beliefs and instincts. Alphonse, you want to go ahead and start us off and kind of read up your beliefs and instincts here? I'm just as good as Dellen, and I'll prove it by trying to take charge in his absence. I want to end the papacy. I'll start by scamming the church. I want to restore my reputation. 
by making the party start to trust me. I may or may not be genuine. Who knows? <laughs> always entertain myself. Always have alcohol. Always make the situation worse. Jerry, are you lying to yourself? Drunk. Mark of privilege. I'm lucky. Tall tale teller. Rape your wit. Culturally haughty. Religious and gluttonous. Antarius, go ahead and read us off your beliefs and instincts. I was spared for a reason, and I would administer my own justice. Staff is the key to figuring out what happened to my son. If I break it, maybe the bondage of my son's soul can be broken as well. You should try breaking the staff this time. Okay. Alphonse is evil in every regard, and I will find a way to punish him like I have been punished. If there is a confrontation, I take the lead. Always inventing something, never harm a child. Should I read up my traits too, or does that not matter? Yeah, go ahead and read up your traits. Rabble rouser, gifted, dreadful, intimidating, blind, religious, foreign blood, haughty, gluttonous. I also have clothes. That's good. Theo, want to go ahead and read us off your beliefs and instincts? Yeah. I do Nurandi's bidding. I will get my wife back. I will kill any man for the goddess. I'm fighting whether or not to trust the gods. I will work towards increasing my faith. If the goddess tells me to kill someone, I kill them. Uh, I always judge a book by its cover. Never heed danger. Traits. Mark of privilege, rapier wit, tasting the lash, life is death, faithful, and glory hound. Uh, I'm attracted. I'm determined, mercantile. I'm easily spotted by my hair because I have light blonde hair and it gives away what country I'm from. All right, Antonius. Beliefs and instincts. Mm -hmm. I want to get my life back, so I will prove myself by completing this mission. I despise the oppressive nobility, therefore I will hurt the first noble I see. Instincts? If I see something is broken, I must fix it. I believe I am right, and I always have a knife on me. Traits? Character traits. I am broken in, ambitious, and cynical. And the national traits, I am seen as religious, haughty, and gluttonous by my nationality. And then I am a made man. I have hand-eye coordination, and I'm also unlucky. You are. You're very unlucky. I'm so sorry mm -hmm. about that. Cantarius, what would you be doing yes. as the day opens? I mean, our goal is to kill all the heretics, right? It is. I'd probably go, like, you mean, like, as I'm getting up? Or, like, what is yeah. my goal? Like, what do, you, what do you do when you get up? I'm probably going to walk through the city. I'm going to try to keep an eye out for any and all heretics that I actually don't like and wouldn't feel guilty about killing. Okay. Yeah, that's my goal. Cool. All right. Well, what about the rest of you? Like, what does what your morning look like? I'd get up really early, probably go to the highest point in the city, and then I'd pray. Can I do a roll for that? Like, Do you pray. actually want to make a faith roll? Yeah, I want to make a faith roll because I want to pray like, hey, give me some sign like who I'm supposed to be looking for, like run into someone or... Let's go ahead and make this the first roll of the game. And this is going to be an op four test. And that is with the believer trait added on. So normally it would be an op five, but because you have the believer, it's op four. Um, luckily, because faith is open-ended, it automatically will re-roll any sixes you have. So there's definitely a possibility of getting four successes. And if you don't, you can still spend a fate point to re-roll one failed dice. Yeah, go ahead and do that faith roll for me. It's not going to be any modifiers, I don't think. So. That is unfortunate. So it rerolled all the sixes for you. There is no chance that you could succeed on this roll. Not helping me with the wow. So what does this prayer look like? Like, what are you asking Narani? Are you asking Narani specifically or like the gods in general? The gods. Give me something. Give me some sort of help me see who I'm looking for. I'm lost. Tell me you're there. 
Make, making me tear up a bit, yeah. I think what just happens is that there is no answer whatsoever. It doesn't seem like there's any any sign either like for you or against you. Like there's te- there's technically options in the faith rules to like have the god like if they're angry at your request to like you know smite you or something like that or or cause like a hex or a plague or something like that. But you just don't get any answer. You're you're up on top of like this cathedral spire, and you don't hear anything. There's no, not a word in response. I kind of expected that, so mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, there or what? Nothing happens. I'm like, yeah, thought so. Cool. So that's kind of like our opening shot is you praying I, that I mean, prayer. I think it should fail the first time because it's kind of like, well, obviously it's not going to be like, oh, it's going to happen. Let's go ahead and uh, Alphonse and Antonius, what does what your morning look like? I'm probably sneaking out of some chick's bedroom trying not to wake her up. My morning probably consists of me realizing it is no longer evening <laughs> and that I should probably stop hammering away on the metal I've been working. So I'm, assu- I'm assuming, Antonius, that you probably like go to sleep? Maybe for an hour or so. Yeah. I'll probably have to okay. make you roll a health test at some point today because cool. you're going to be exhausted. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. I think what we probably get is like a, a montage shot at the beginning of this, starting off with Cantarius kind of waking up and we, we see his, like, kind of morning routine where, like, he, he wakes up and he's blind, obviously. So he kind of, like, grabs his, his staff, which is always in, like, the same place next to him and, like, uses it to get up and, and be able to make his way out. And then, you know, he just kind of goes for a walk and the theme music is kind of playing as we, as we see him walk around. And then we kind of, like, cut to Theo praying that prayer and getting rejected and then just, like, shaking his head and, and just kind of climbing down again. And then we go to Alphonse sneaking out of a bedroom. And you would kind of just see the briefest glance backward into the bedroom and see like this woman, like, you know, just in bed, kind of like sleeping like this. And then we, we, we go to Antonius, who is like hammering away at this piecework and then just like wiping his brow like this and then just kind of looking up and seeing the sunrise and then collapsing in his bed. Cantarius. So you said you're kind of just kind of walk around and get the scope of the city. Yeah. Um, did you want to make a role in particular or are you just kind of looking around? I'm looking for somebody, a heretic, that I actually want to kill. So if that requires a role, then it requires a role. I'm not necessarily want a role. Well, okay, so this is the thing. Like, part of your mission here is to find out who the heretics are. Because this is kind of like a secret cult kind of situation where you know that there are some Uh people in this town who are part of this heretical cult, um, but they're not going to just come out and say it because obviously that's going to get them inquisited. (laughs) So you could make a circles roll to attempt to find a heretic. It would be a very difficult circles roll, but you could make it. Uh, would you like yeah. to do that? Sure. Okay. Okay, so technically, I don't actually think this is a possible circles roll you can make because you do not have any villager life paths. You just have city dweller life paths. Um, you could what? technically make a roll to see if there are any city dwellers in this village who are heretics, but that would be in such an insane roll such an insane coincidence that I'm but not I'm even sure if it's worth rolling. Um, you're religious. Reli- you're religious, but you haven't taken any of the religious life paths. I mean, I was That's- a guard, right? And a construction worker. Exactly, but you religious. were a guard and a construction worker in a city. Yeah. All right. That's fine. So you just kind of leave it at that? You just not yeah. roll? Okay. I mean, what else could I use for that? I could just do eavesdropping. I can use my hearing. Couldn't I? You could, yeah. Um, you could just go to like the marketplace and just use your roll a hearing test to just see what you kind of right. pick up as you as you sit there. Do that. Okay, 
what is your intent with this role? Uh, to find who's a heretic and who's not. Or so not necessarily you, so, who's not. Find so you want to pick up a piece of conversation that will lead you to a heretic? Yes. Can I use the fact that I'm blind to people like not pay attention to me? Yeah, that would be an inconspicuous role, um, which you, you okay. don't have the skill, but you would get advantage for that if you wanted to. But like, yeah, you might have to roll. Okay, so if you're being particularly like you want to make sure that nobody's noticing you, then you would make an inconspicuous yeah. role and you would get an advantage dice for that if you don't want to. Do you want to just make that first? And sure. uh, you don't have the skill, so I'll, I'll add it to your character sheet for being learned. Okay. And base obstacle. Let's just make it one. You're in the middle of a busy marketplace, and you're a okay. blind man. It's not that difficult. What? Bad rules today, man. Oh, wow. How did the obstacle get to two? Uh, because you're, it's a skill you don't have. Oh. So. Wait, did you, you didn't have the modifier, Connor. Oh. So just go ahead and type slash roll 1d6, and just see if that comes up as a success. That works. Okay. So you are inconspicuous. You're just being the blind man in the corner. You know, do, do you want to, like, make a begging roll while you're doing this? Sure, what the heck? Uh, that's another skill that you don't have, but it's a skill, and you can get money for doing it. Sweet. It's, will. it's based on will. It is based yeah. on will. Um, and yeah, it is a graduated test, so yeah, you would just roll with one obstacle, and then, like, how good, how many successes you get determines, like, how much money you get. So, okay. yeah, I mean, you got you got two successes. I think that's... You can just go ahead and take one dice of cash, so... You're there and you just beg like a blind man would and you you get uh, some coins that you can use. Go ahead and make that period roll then. What is your intent? To hear somebody talking about heretical stuff. Okay. To hear someone talking about heretical stuff. Ob 4. Ah! Nice. Oh, wow. And it's, yeah, the only way you succeeded that was because Kirin is open-ended automatically because it's magic and you re-rolled all those sixes. So. Oh, sweet. Go ahead and tell us, Cantarius. Like, how does what does this look like? Like, what are you exactly doing when you're using your hearing magic? This is a novel, and we were in Cantarius's head right now. What would you be thinking? Like, what would you be like saying? You know, like, all right, and then I like kind of tune out that area and like tune in another area. Like, how do you? How does that go about? How do you use this magic? Yeah, probably that tune in, tune out of different areas. I'm not sure exactly how that would work, but it's magic, so we can just kind of say whatever. No, it literally so, is. Yeah, I just kind of like a sonar. Like an echolocation, you're like... That's kind of what it is, yeah. Like, yeah. you're you're just kind of, like, aiming it around corners and stuff like that. Because it's magic. I mean, that's a thing okay. you could do. Yeah, so I'm just kind of so. chilling. Okay, so you do hear one thing that could be heretical. You hear something along the lines of, the abbess has really taken control of politics in Estol. She seems to be, like, coming to the festivals and and making proclamations like I don't I don't and it like you can tell that this person is kind of hesitant to whoever he's talking to and then he kind of like says in a whisper I know that it's technically I don't know maybe frowned upon for a woman to be giving orders of that magnitude but I I really like seeing her kind of in charge of the situation and and this is a woman speaking so so a woman is talking about a woman being in charge of something and yes. she's happy about that yes I feel like a really big jerk right now <laughs> Well, I'm not going to kill a woman. Why not? That's not one of your uh, traits, right? Yeah. That's yeah. true. Technically, I don't have anything against killing a woman. But then, uh, apparently, it was a man that she was speaking to, and he kind of, like, coughs, and he's like, don't let a priest hear you say that. And then the conversation just kind of, like, drones off. If you if you wanted to, you could make another hearing roll to kind of, like, pinpoint their location. 
Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay, make that ob three. Dang. You can spend a fate to re-roll one of the failed dice, though. Okay. You only have one fate point. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no, I forgot to edit that. You have two, actually, so you, you still have one. And that is a success, so... Sweet. Yeah. They're on, like, the other edge of the marketplace, um, and you could probably get over there in, like, maybe about 30 seconds of kind of navigating through the crowd. I'm going to go over there, and I'll go confront her and ask her where I could find... I don't know. I don't know how to do this. You're good at intimidation. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to intimidate her, though. Though I'm assuming I probably would. I mean, probably. Alright, so yeah, I'll follow her around and just kind of wait until she's relatively by herself. And, yeah. Go ahead and make another inconspicuous roll for me, then. So you can follow her without being noticed. I'm actually going to roll an observation for her. Okay. And... This is going to have to be untrained as well, so... And technically, since you're both untrained with this, it would double the successes of both of yours, but because you're both doubling the successes, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just going to be the same result anyway. So go ahead and just roll your inconspicuous. Give yourself one modifier dice for being a blind man and a beggar. Put it as one. Uh, So yeah, you you go ahead and follow her. She ends up kind of like going down another street and uh, making her way to what seems like her house. So you kind of follow her. You you would have the opportunity to kind of confront her in the street if you wanted to. She kind of turns onto like a smaller alley that like okay. is kind of cut off from everything else. So yeah, I just kind of walk up to her and ask her. I ask her if there's any heretics in town. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, if only I wasn't blind, I could pretend I was like some sort of reporter or something. I wanted to do an article about women being in charge. <laughs> what? God, this isn't yeah. the 1800s. Ooh. No, I have. I can write though. You and can. I have like a journal and stuff with me, don't I? I have uh, all my studies with me. Oh no, I don't. No, it's don't. not on my list. Dang it. That would have been hilarious. But you're blind. <laughs> Does that have to do with anything? Racist. Yeah. <laughs> Racist, yeah. Blind race? The blind have seceded from their normal races and have become their own race. So what do you say then, Connor? I'll probably just ask her about something normal. Like the weather. Start a <laughs> conversation. And just kinda no, I think I just intimidate her. I'm just going to intimidate her. Okay. I'm just going to be like, hey, I'm where the abbess is. You already know where the abbess is. She's in oh, the abbey. I, <laughs> I yeah. forgot that it's like a really small town. Yeah. <laughs> She's in the nunnery up on the hill yeah, outside so of town. Here? I don't know. Like, ask her I mean, for I more information. I mean, but what information is she really going to know? Like, oh, yeah, this is her routine. She's very sensitive to pointy objects that pierce her skin. She's actually allergic to bleeding. I'm just going to go to the abbey. Okay. Uh, do you right. take anyone else with you, or...? I mean, I don't really like anybody else. I mean, I don't really think I need anybody else. I'm, I, okay, I probably assume that everybody else is kind of doing the same thing I am, right? Since they're all a bunch of criminals who just don't like each other, the actual logical thing to have done in this situation is for everyone to just do it on their own, to do it their own way. But we don't want to do that. We probably don't want to do that, yeah. But would we really all go together? <laughs> Yeah. And are we together now, even? Yeah. All right. So I'll just go back to the the, end. To the thing, and I'll just be like, yo, who wants to go kill the abbess? <laughs> wow. Okay. Short, straight, wait, to the wait, point. I'll kill the abbess. Yeah? <laughs> Theo, you're aboard? All right, let's go kill yes. the abbess. Anybody uh, else? Going once, going twice? <laughs> yeah, like, what are the rest of you doing when you get there? Antonius is probably sleeping. Alphonse, yeah. what are you doing? 
I probably went to a a bar in a uh, downtrodden part of town and I, I, talking crap about the church, you know, subtly to the to the tenders there, you know, get drunk, wear a cloak, get them to get them to like me, and kill her. and invite me to one of their heretic meetings, you know. Yeah, they have up to the heretics. Yeah. How much time has passed? Maybe about two hours or so. I want to be back in the fray here. Mm-hmm. So Cantarius just kind of comes into the inn. Theo, did you say that you were there or did you say that you were off doing something? Well, I'd probably look for you guys and be like, hey, do you guys get anything or? Okay, let's, let's kind of just say you kind of just said like to all each other, hey, go talk to people and then kind of meet back at this time. So let's just make it simpler. Just say you all meet back at the bar in the inn and Antonius wakes up and you'll kind of convene. So you got two hours of sleep, Antonius. Two? I only wanted one. Darn. Slept too long. Yeah, so like, how, how does that conversation play out? So, Cantarius, you kind of like walk in while the rest of them are, are kind of like sitting down drinking? Yeah. Hey, I found an abbess who uh, used to die. Let's go kill her. She's a heretic. They say that she could be their next leader of the city. They talk highly of her. Do you think we should let her live? Yes. I mean, she's no. definitely a heretic. We're told to kill no. all of them, correct? We're not supposed to kill them all. Or we could convince them to leave. If I pray to the god to, let, to give me an answer, is that a faith roll still? Like, if I say, hey, yeah. can you tell me if you know? Mm-hmm. Like, can I, ask, can I pray to the god and ask... If she wants you to go kill the sure. abbess? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. So Theo just starts mumbling a prayer right in the middle of the impromptu meeting. Go ahead and make that up for again. Hey, you can, I can never do this. You can spend a fate to re-roll that too. Fine. That is a failure. You do not succeed on this faith roll. So I think what happens, thunder rumbles in the distance. And it sounds like angry thunder. That's your answer, Theo. That's killer. And you definitely get the sense, like these aren't in words per se, but uh, you sense this kind of like, a feeling from Narani, basically saying, stop pestering me. Do it yourself. Can I curse the gods? <laughs> uh, you can. Is there a role for that? <laughs> no, you just curse the gods. Is this what you want? You're a fool, Narani. A fool. Or it's like, uh, yeah, are you right? <laughs> yeah. I am more powerful than all of you. Theo, would you mind sitting down so we can have our conversation, please? And then you hear another rumble of thunder, and then you kind of, like, see out from, like, the window or whatever that it just starts pouring rain. Like, great, you caused it to rain now. Are you happy? Oh, yes. Are you going to do this or what? Before we all go off to storm the Abbey and everything, should we maybe do some checking around to see if this abbess really is the ringleader of it all? I mean, and sure maybe that would be the smart thing to do. I mean, define the I, smart thing to do. The smart thing to do would be to make sure we're killing the right person, so to minimize collateral damage and maximize the church's satisfaction with us, therefore we'll be released from our bond sooner. Did you say that in character? Why not? Yeah, I'm a master like craftsman. I can use big words. Yeah, I like that. The question is, does everyone understand all of them? <laughs> I agree with Antonius. We can't just kill people without any proof. I think I care about who I kill. No. Nobody knows I'm working for the church, nor do they know who I am. 
Well, now they know because you just said it out loud in the middle of a bar. I never said it. You just yelled. I said, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> the name Nurani, Caleb, is that a common name for a patron saint or is that it is a, a patron saint? It's the patron saint known... of marriage, actually. Okay. As huh. say, is, otherwise, is that a known heretical name for some of them? Because that would be... <laughs> That would be awkward. Um, I, I mean, it's not like a heretical name. You definitely, I mean, there's there's like a twinge of, it's definitely a different accent than the Saran would use. Um, but you're all using just a variation of the Garrick language, so it's all the same um, basic language. That That's probably a little bit heretical just as it is <laughs> to like start using Narani's name. But, but because it's accented differently, someone might think that it's just like a person that you're talking about, like just kind of named after the, the patron saint. So yeah. So how does it, how does this go down then? Uh, Cantarius, um, Antonius and Alphonse, it looks like are, are for the, for the idea of like taking it a little bit more cautiously. I mean, that's fine. I just want to get on with things. Okay. I want this to be over with your character. Just doesn't want to flagrantly kill people though. Right. I don't want to go and kill the people. I just want this to be done with. Let's actually just go ahead and take our first break here. So yeah, I'll see you guys in a little bit. The town of Estol is a sleepy fishing village about two days' ride southeast of Lucerta, down the coast of the Gulf of Teco. It's not particularly important, either politically or strategically, but as our characters were told, it has a bit of a religious problem. Here are a couple of features of note about Estol. Estol sits on a hilly coastline, surrounded by a wooden wall with various guard towers along its length. Long ago, the small town used to have a problem with bandits, though the expansion of the kingdom was such that the frontier has long since moved past Estel's borders. On the outskirts of the town to the east, across a bridge spanning the river that flows into the small bay that Estel is built around, sits a convent of nuns. They have no particular patron saint that they are dedicated to, but have long served the town of Estel with charity work and the making of wines and various crafts. A lonely path south along the cliffs extends from the nunnery towards a singular tower overlooking the ocean a lighthouse long attended to by the nuns. The town has the usual craftsmen, laborers, and shopkeepers, but primarily gets by through fishing and trade along the coast. On the western side of the town, inside the walls, but set on a moderately sized plateau, is the finer quarter of the city, where the mayor of the town lives, along with a selection of other modestly wealthy merchants and officials of various sorts. The inn, where our characters are currently residing, sits in the center of the town, near the marketplace. You can find a more detailed rendering of the town of Estol in the liner notes. Let's get back to our episode. This is Crow Inquisitors.
All right, we are back. Welcome, everybody. Did we just ever decide what you guys are going to do? No. I want to get it over with, but I technically still don't want to kill anybody that I don't necessarily have to kill. And in the sense that, like, if somebody's not, like, terrible in their heretic, I don't really care, like, somebody else can kill. Because I know that nobody else is going to have a problem with that. But I just want to get this over with. Uh-huh. I kind of just want to kill him. <laughs> just to either spite the gods or fulfill my duty as a suicide squad. Yeah. So I'm going to say that, yeah, like, Alphonse kind of, like, goes up to get another drink. So he's, like, not right there at the moment. And uh, okay. I think that a guy kind of, like, bursts into the inn while you guys are discussing this. And okay. he has, like, kind of long, greasy-looking hair um, and, like, disheveled clothing and you obviously some, like, stains on the front of his clothing he's been drinking. And he, he kind of, like, stumbles around and, like, knocks over a chair or two um, as he kind of, like, comes in. And everybody just kind of, like, looks at him in disgust. But, but, but you can tell that it's, like, a familiar look, like, oh, this guy again. And he, like, grabs at one of, like, the, the surveyed wenches and the girl just kind of, like, pushes him aside, like, and, and then just, like, exclaims and then just kind of brusquely trots off to, like, go fill up some patron's cup. And, and the guy kind of, like, sets his eyes on you, on you three sitting at the, at the table. And he kind of, like, swaggers over and he's just like, hey there, my name's Opage. Do you want to buy me a drink? You're talking to all three of us? Yeah. Not really. You can just say it like that. Yeah. Yeah, so he just kind of ignores you, Cantarius, and just looks at Antonius, like, expectantly. Uh-oh. Give me a reason why I might buy you a drink. Well, because I'm such a fantastic person, and you just can't, can't, can't resist giving me a drink so that I can give you some conversation. And what sorts of conversation are you interested in having? The kind where I get a drink. I see. Uh, what do you think, Theo? You have some spare change in your pocket for a drink for this man? I've killed 26 men in over four countries. I don't think one more will hurt. What? He kind of looks at you like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No one said anything about killing people. We, I... I suggest you walk away. Uh, go ahead and make an intimidation roll. I mean, that's what that is. <laughs> I don't even have an intimidation room. You don't? Okay, awesome. So, though you think you're scary, you're rather, like... Difficult to believe. Well, yeah, I think I think that, like, you think you're more scary than you are. I think, you, think you're, you're like, a noble in every way, and, and you kind of come off that way. Like, you, you don't have, like, the, the intimidating kind of face of a man that's, like, super serious about killing people. You will. You absolutely will. But, like, you're not very good at convincing people that. I could just kill him. You could. You would get arrested for it, but... Please don't. I don't want to end up in jail again. <laughs> Go ahead and make that roll right there. And I think the ob is four, it looks like. You're just very much not good at intimidating people for whatever reason. People just don't believe you. And so, yeah, he just... He, he just kind of looks at you for a second like you might be serious, and he just starts laughing. He's just like, ah, that's a, that's a good one there. Uh, and then kind of like reaches out his hand like, what's your name? Originally, I wasn't like mad at him. I was kind of like, better walk away. And he's just kind of like didn't take me seriously. And I'm just like, oh, whatever. Like, name's Thanos. I shake his hand. 
he kind of kind of shakes your hand and then like kind of stumbles a little bit. And he's like, my name, as I think I said, is Opage. Opage none. And that is a that is a important name in this town. You see, my sister is a Fletcher. And there are some hunters around here and they get their bows and their or she's a she's a boyer. I always get those two mixed up. I think she makes arrows too, though. But anyway, she she makes she makes bows and arrows for the hunters. And that's important. Even in a fishing village like this one, you still got to have some some red meat sometime. Especially especially for the mayor. He loves his venison. So sure. So what about that drink? Oh, Paige, I'll buy you a drink if you can tell me some information about the people who live here. Now that is what I do best. He just plops down in the seat that uh, Alphonse was sitting in. Yeah, I think he grabs Alphonse's like like quarter left of a drink that he kind of left on the table and just whoosh, downs it. Any more? I'm for a serving girl to get him a drink. All right, all right. You don't have to make a roll for that because you have pretty high resources. He just kind of give her a coin and she comes with, uh, with a drink for him. And yeah, like, what are you asking him? So how do you people feel about the patron saints around here? I think we feel about them the way, the same way all folks feel about them. That they're pretty important, but they probably screw you over just as much as they'd help you. And, and that is a fact. I know it might be frowned upon for me to say that, but it's the dang truth. And, and you, you know it, right? Right, right. You all know that, right? Oh, absolutely. Patron saints. Screw you over every time. I once asked the patron saint of marriage to give me a wife. There was no answer. I gave all of my earnings and there was no answer. I gave it on the altar, prayed, no answer. Where's my wife? I don't know. Hmm. The saints are no more real than your likeliness to be sober. Take a drink of my beer or whatever. All right. This is a delightful conversation. I know that like the saints are real. I just don't really like them. Like I say that in like a like to make them mad, basically. What do you know about the abbess? The abbess. Now that's funny you should ask that. Now the abbess is a is a, a little bit of a wild card. Uh, she's not like the other abbesses we've had. The other abbesses have been old and crotchety, and and then this new abbess, she's a looker. If you know what I mean. You are a terrible person. Calm yourself, Kentari. No harm against a man admiring a woman's beauty. See, see, this man over here, he he gets it. So you guys definitely noticed that Alphonse does not come back. Oh, so well, okay. That's great. <laughs> Where can I find the Arbus or Abbas? I mean, you can find her in a nunnery. I mean, it's up on the hill, right? As you, oh, excuse me. It's right as you go out of the city to the north. It's right up there. There's a bridge and everything. Do you know any close affiliations with her, or anyone sees her with, or somebody who follows her around, or um, the the nuns, I guess. The other nuns, that's the thing. They're, they're usually lookers, too. I mean, they, I think they take the best women and they put them in the nunnery so the rest of us can't have them. I think, it's, I think God, you know, wants to keep them all for himself or something. It's all conspiracy. So he's a heretic, so we should probably kill him, too. 
<laughs> or he's just speaking the truth. <laughs> or he's so thoroughly drunk he's not sure what he's saying. That's fair. Or he's so drunk he has transcended to all vanilla. I just think we should kill him. I mean, he's clearly a heretic. Can I do another faith roll? To do what? If this is a man I should kill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's probably not going to end well, and you're probably going to get struck by lightning or something. But oh by, oh, by the way, yeah, he was soaking wet when he came in because it, it is still raining. Um, and it's going to be op four again, like the other times. Um, I got to think of what to say. They're kind of like mad still. But I'm sure this is another man that you don't want me to kill. <laughs> you say that out loud. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Awesome. The ghost of your wife appears next to you. None of the rest of you see it. It's in your like periphery. Well, like, what, if I, what if I just said like freaking out like, uh, like like something's like hurting my brain? Okay. Yeah, sure. So so you kind of like uh, go like this and then uh, like out of your peripheral vision, you see your wife's face and you like turn your head and your wife is like sitting there from the lips of your wife. Uh, you hear Narani's voice saying, stop wasting your time with this fool. He is of no consequence. And then she just disappears. Well, that's creepy. How much of uh, Theo's unusual behavior do the rest of us notice? You probably all notice it pretty obviously. He's writhing for a little bit. What do you do after the ghost disappears? I'm like, I must go. And I just walk out. Okay. Well, great. Now he's arrogant and sick. <laughs> So, so yeah, what are the, what is the plan for the rest of you then? What are you going to do? What are the facts as we know them so far? The abbess has been making important decrees. Yeah. Apparently orders of great magnitude. And that's not something abbesses typically do in the towns near their abbeys. Definitely or, not. So that's abnormal. It's also abnormal that it's a woman giving orders. Do we know the nature of the orders that she's been giving, Cantarius? He didn't really question the lady. No. So. No, I was just like, hey, we found a heretic. Let's just go kill her. Get this over with. So the question becomes... I, I don't think my character wants to deal with the, any of the moral ramifications. I think he just wants to kill everybody. He, he doesn't want to think too hard about it because if he does, yeah. then he'll probably realize he what he's doing yeah. it wrong. What he, what he doesn't want to do is try to figure out who he should kill and who he shouldn't. He's just like, let's just kill them. Because mm-hmm. if he thinks too much about it, he feels guilty. I want to think about it a lot. I want to be exactly precise. And do it exactly correct, so that I don't incur the anger of the guy who can tear me to shreds with a thought. Mm-hmm. Same. So, yeah. are you going to go at least go to the Abbey? Um, at this point, I'm the not Abbey. really a doctrine freak. I wouldn't know what's heretical and what's not at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the heresy is something somewhat blue cloaks and goat sacrifices and <laughs> stone monoliths and you know pagan. Mm-hmm. mess so i honestly don't really know what i'm looking for i kind of was relying on our doctrine freak david to <laughs> yeah and i think i think what yeah. he probably did he probably didn't tell any of you where he was going he just got up in the morning and just went off to, to just do his own search because I, I i think he's pretty confident that he can just figure it out on his own okay that makes sense and I'll, I'll probably have him make a couple of rolls at the beginning of next session to kind of figure out what he what he learned so yeah, I mean, Opage is just kind of waiting for you to ask him other questions and kind of nursing his drink, kind of rocking back like this. Anything else? I'm going to make another faith roll when, I, when it's my turn again, because I want to like, I'm getting angry that I can't figure out who I'm looking for. 
she hasn't told me who I'm looking for. I'm like, what the heck do you want me to do? This like, is really oh, funny. You're just you're just angering her so much because you keep making these faith rolls. Like, I want my wife back. Tell me what I have to do and I'll do it. Stop messing around. Pro tip, employers typically like you being a self-starter. Fine, I'll just kill somebody. And do you want to just go kill or some random person, Theo? <laughs> I have to. I mean, to be honest, it's raining pretty hard. You could probably just murder someone in an alley and get away with it pretty easily. In a town this small? Who gets blamed automatically when things go wrong in a small town? The foreigners. I mean, or probably. The strangers. Yeah. Or the... Actually, yeah. So, Theo, you'd probably be the person who definitely should do that. <laughs> yeah. You'd of be pretty traceable. Us, Jared would be the only one who could talk his way out of an issue like this. If something you think Theo would do. But okay, so Antonius and Cantarius, what are, what are you doing? Like, what's, what are you doing? Where, where are you headed? Because as soon as we kind of figure out that direction, I'm going to jump over to Alphonse and figure out what he's been doing. I'm trying to remember all that uh, Theo's asked this guy already. What's kind of the gist of what we learned from him so far from Theo? I mean, you, you've learned that the abbess is young and that she's beautiful and that she's a wild card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, that's the gist of it. You know that you haven't really asked him about heretical stuff all that much. Just kind of like who she is. Uh, you know that the nuns follow her, but that's obvious. Typical local politics in the region. Uh, town this size has a mayor, governor, oh, mayor. chief elder. To mayor. Mayor? Yeah. Okay. You can ask and about him. He did, he did reference the mayor. You could ask him about the mayor. So, Paige, what do you think about the mayor? Is he a nice guy? <laughs> you like him? I mean, he hasn't kicked me out of the town yet, so that's a thing. His name's Itro. Uh, he, I think he was a holy advocate at some point, and then he got like, well, either promoted or demoted, depending on what, you, what, what, where you're hearing it from, um, and sent to be the mayor of this town of uh, good old Estol, the heartland of Saran. So town's thriving, economy's doing well, people love the mayor, that sort of thing. He just kind of shrugs. He's like, I mean, I wouldn't really know. Are we doing well? I mean, I think so. I get some good begging money when I go out, so enough for me to live on. Okay. Has the mayor issued any major decrees lately? Hmm. I think he made some sort of like fishing embargo thingy, or maybe I'm not using the right word there. Some sort of like caps on sailing or something. I don't really know. I don't really go down to the docks too much. So it's they post new decrees and laws and stuff down by the docks? I think there's some sort of tax or embargo or thingamabob down there, I think. I think, actually, I do remember, I know a guy who, who used to be a sailor, and he kind of goes down to the, the taverns down on the docks, and he, he said that the sailors were kind of angry about the thing that Ichiro just did. I just remembered that. And he kind of looks down at his his drink and it's gone and he kind of like shakes it expectantly at you and he kind of like settles back happily and he's like but yeah i think i think that uh there was something fishy going down at the docks if you know what i mean uh, this guy's hilarious bro i'm so sad i'm not there i love this guy (laughs) i know he comes sitting down i'm like oh it's almost like you came back (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> basically these these nuns 
nearby? Do they take your fish and stick to themselves or? Uh, they, themselves? they usually did. Uh, just recently, um, Akia, that's the name of the abbess, Akia sh- has started coming down into the marketplace and kind of doing her little preaching thing. I don't really know if that's allowed, but she did it. Does she do this kind of regularly, or is this kind of a one-off thing? You know, um, I'm interested. I've never actually heard a woman preach before. She, she did. He kind of like looks around. I don't think it's allowed technically, but was very interesting to see her speak. And as I said, she's quite the looker. But she did it last week, and I think she's planning on doing it next week. But it's not like a, a thing where she kind of comes down in the city every day. It's just like a once a, in a while. I don't know. Do you have any idea who might know when she's going to be speaking next, more specifically? I mean, she would, and the nuns would, and maybe the priest here in town with the, at the temple. I think there might be something going on between those two, if you know what I mean. Ooh. But that's just, that is drama. pure gossip. You didn't hear it from me. Of course. No one <laughs> But you, you're, her, you're hearing this from a random drunk guy, so. Mm-hmm. But people only tell the truth in the drunk, really. <laughs> Seriously. Right? Yeah, if you think, really think about it. Or if you don't think about it at all. One of the two. Where's the direction of your inquiry kind of taking you at this point? Uh, I'm getting a feel for the politics of the town. Mm-hmm. But it seems that... So am I, because I'm making it up. (laughs) Maybe this abbess is a little more religiously heretical than politically heretical, you know? Yeah. Because initially my thought was, if she's making decrees and kind of circumventing the mayor, I'm wondering, is he kind of one of those guys who'd rather just sit back and let someone else run his town? Is this a conflict between the abbess and the mayor? Is the mayor a... Uh, or is it more the abbess is just being plain heretical religiously and you know we won't have a big political meltdown if something were to mm-hmm. go down at the abbey so so i think let's let's go ahead and jump over to alphonse he said he had to go take a leak and then he left jumped on his horse that we had from the beginning and galloped as quickly as he could to the uh nunnery it is pouring rain still so, so you kind of, okay, so you do that. You get on your horse. That's fine. Your horse kind of like gives you a look like seriously, like we're going out in this weather. You kind of, you, you go through the streets, go towards, uh, you know, you know what? I'm going to make you make a riding check. You're galloping through pouring rain. While drunk. While slightly intoxicated. So let's go ahead and make you. Slightly intoxicated, he says. What? I'm not intoxicated right now, am I? I mean, you just had a drink. Wait, did you have like a drunk? I had, ha- I had half of a mug. Half of a mug. Jared, right. Your character does not have that kind of self-control. Come on. I know, but that's all the time I had to drink because he still drank the rest of it. Okay. What's the difficulty? Because I'm going to fail no matter what, I, unless it's a one. Because I only have one in writing. Let's go ahead and say a five. <laughs> oh, why are all of my challenges always so hard? Um, do you have anything you could fork in? <laughs> uh, BS-wise? Let's <laughs> <laughs> not help I you in riding test. I run faster. And better. You might be able to fork it streetwise. Or actually, I think it would probably be citywise. Um, Either way. But, like, at the very least, you know about, like, roads in cities, and that can kind of translate to roads in villages, so. Okay. So now I have, it's still physically impossible, no matter what. Not necessarily, you if you get fate, or if you get sixes. Even if I got two sixes, and then I got two sixes after that, it'd still only be four. You, you got a six. 
You have to get two sixes and then another success. Yeah, not, not worth it. Okay, that's fine. I think what happens is right about the time you get to like towards the gate, as you kind of like around the corner towards the gate, like that turn just does not work for you. The horse kind of like stumbles a bit and then like kind of rears because it's, it, it almost like ran into a wall. It kind of like skids your stop and then like rears and then you get thrown. Oh, you lie. And I'm going to say that is a three wound, which means that's a light wound for you. So don't you, I roll you, anything to see if I don't take damage? Um, agility. Okay, you can make an agility roll, I guess. Up three. Uh, 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 you do have a, a six, so you could reroll that. Okay, you have lots of fate points, so. And that is also a success. Okay, so you managed to, like, just barely, like, tumble. You get bruised, but it doesn't mm-hmm. actually do anything, do anything to you, so. Yeah, I already deducted my fate point from the thing. Yeah, so it's a B1 wound instead of a B3, which is a bruise, which doesn't do anything. So you have, you, have a, you have a bruise, but it doesn't actually affect you, really. So basically what happens is you hear some laughter up from the guard tower right on the top of the gate, and you see, like, a little, like, fire pit or whatever kind of glowing ever so slightly, and you see, like, two guards with, like, cloaks up on the top of the guard tower, like, poking it with a stick, and, the, and you're, they're both looking at you, like, laughing their heads off. Okay, well, I, I, go to the, I go into the thing then. Okay, so, yeah, you go ahead and calm your horse down. So, so you just kind of, like, trot him through that gate towards the yeah. okay so the guard that's up on that gate right there looks down at you and it says what are you kidding in this rain why do you got to go to the nunnery anyway i have an urgent message of the utmost importance i must be let in go ahead and make a persuasion can i add bullcrap wise and falsehood you can indeed what's the the op? three Surprise, you succeeded on a persuasion roll. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think you need any routine. So, yeah, that doesn't help you at all. Oh, you go ahead and mark a challenging writing test. So you go ahead and write across to the abbey slash nunnery. Let's see. There's a nun up in the watchtower and she looks like she's kind of knelt praying in the rain. There's not much of shelter above her with this watchtower. Yeah, your first thing that you probably think since you kind of know doctrine is that she's probably doing some sort of like semi-flagellation kind of a thing where she kind of has to like suffer in the rain. Flagellation? Flagellation. What? You know what I'm, I'm talking sorry, about. That's a bad thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, she's not paying attention to you at all, so. Uh, like the gentleman I am, I put my, I take off my coat and put it around her. She's on the top of a tower. You are below her. Oh, how would I notice that if she's on top of a tower? Because you see like the little incense candle that's like just okay. about to be put out by this rain. Gotcha. And she's kind of like sheltering it with her hands. I'm like, hey, none. I, I I need to get in. I have a message of the utmost imper- importance for your what's it called? Abbess. 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 Okay. <laughs> Just go ahead and make a persuasion because it's. I'm like fair maiden. W- would you please open the gate for me? I have an, a message of the utmost importance that your abbess mu- abbess <laughs> needs to hear. Uh-huh. That way I can add fork in seduction. Okay. Um, I actually want you to make a lynx test with that. Not, a, not a, a fork. So go ahead and roll seduction by itself to see if she's actually attracted to you. Just no, no modifiers or? I mean, you can fork in and something if you would like. Persuasion, bullcrap, and falsehood? Sure. Okay. If you're complete. Okay, so this is, you, as you can look closer, you kind of see that it's like a middle-aged woman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would definitely be, I think, bullcrap and falsehood for you. <laughs> Oh, Jared. Three and three. What's the uh, base? 
Uh, four. All right. Wow, that's a lot of dice. Well, you succeed. Surprise, surprise. You got every single one of those except for one as a success. You can barely see her, but she kind of like hesitates a little bit, and then she pulls like some sort of lever that kind of like starts these cranks turning and opens the gate or whatever. So you just kind of ride in. No one's in the courtyard because it's raining, but you just kind of want to ride in towards like that main building over here. Yeah. You make your way there. What do you do with your horse? Is there like a, a place for horses? Yep, right there. Yeah, you go ahead and put it in the horse thing and then go ahead and kind of just like walk in to that main building. I mean, it's just like this little this courtyard with like braziers on each, either side and you walk in, I'm assuming. Like it's pretty empty, yeah. this main courtyard. I yeah. talk to someone like, yo, where's the abbess? Okay, so yeah, the first nun you kind of see, she kind of like gives you a, a look like, you're a guy, what are you doing here? But then, yeah, she kind of just points you in, in a direction to go to the abbess because you look pretty urgent. Yeah, you make your way to so basically like this uh, chapel area and you can't see inside, but you hear like some muttered prayers and stuff like that from inside. Do you want to just burst in or whatever? I'm not going to burst in. I, I, oh, I open it quietly and peer. You see three nuns like knelt in prayer before this altar. There's no image of the great God, no, like it's it's not a thing to kind of like have some sort of graven image of it, of, of the God. But I think it's like a circle. It's actually an incomplete circle is what this this kind of symbol is. And that's the symbol of the great God. It's an incomplete circle. One of the nuns on like the side kind of like glances mm-hmm. back and like whispers something to the other nuns. And then the, the second like the nun on the other side looks back and like they start like talking to each other. But the middle nun just continues praying. Is the middle nun, like, different? Is she distinguishably, like, the abbess? I guess, yeah, it, because we kind of established that sashes are what signify the ranks with the Inquisitor. She has, like, a, mm-hmm. um, a, a brown sash across. She has, like, black robes or whatever, and then, like, the classic, like, white kind of nun okay. headdress thing, and then a brown sash, which, which does signify her as the abbess. Gotcha. So, okay, I patiently wait until she's done praying. Yeah, eventually, basically, she kind of just, like, slaps slightly, very slightly, like, the, the nun next, next to her and says, like, quiet. And then they all kind of, like, kneel again and pray for a little bit, maybe about a minute. And then she stands up and turns around. And Alphonse, this is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> really? She is absolutely gorgeous. She has this, this raven black hair that you can just see kind of poking through her headdress. Like, her eyes are like the sunset itself. Like, they're, they're almost golden. You've never seen eyes like this before. Should I roll a steel test? Yes, you should roll a steel <laughs> test. You absolutely should roll a steel test. That is a failure, sir. Zero um, successes. So, so, you have a few options here. <laughs> when you fail a steel test, you can stand and drool, you can run screaming, or you can swoon. What is swooning? <laughs> a player character may have his character pitch backwards in a swoon. The character is dazed and utterly unaware of his surroundings while in a swoon. Players who opt to have their character swoon may choose how and when their character is roused. The character hesitates for at least many heartbeats as the margin of failure and for as long as the player wants after that. Okay, well, I sw- I'll swoon and I unswoon when she addresses me, starts talking to me. So what happens is you literally pitch backward and just fall. There's a door there. <laughs> Yeah, so you, like, fall against the door and, like, slide down. And she, like, gives you, like, a strange look, kind of cocks your head, walks over to you, 
and kind of leans down and like her hands are like clasped like normally they would be as a, as a nun. Can I help you, sir? I, I shake my head. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I was, I'm just exhausted from the, uh, the rush getting over here. I have an urgent message. Can we possibly talk in private? Uh, go ahead and make a persuasion roll. Uh, let's look at her will for or would anything be applicable before? Probably not. I think you're just kind of doing a straight okay. like, let's go meet a private kind of a thing. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, I'll spend a fake point to reroll. Yeah, go ahead and spend yeah. a fake to reroll that. That is a fail, <laughs> unfortunately. Ah. So, so yes, she, she kind of like cocks her head again. And she says, I believe we can talk here. What is your message? Uh, I, I look at the other two nuns and I was like, okay. Uh, I whisper, I'm like, uh, there are people here to kill you in town. They just arrived and uh, you should probably get to safety. I think as soon as you start speaking, she kind of like goes like this. And she's like, uh, what was that? I, I could not hear you. I- <laughs> oh, oh. And I'm like, there are people here to kill you. The church sent them. Uh, you, you don't have to shout. I wasn't shouting. I was enunciating. So yeah, you're in grave danger. They think you're a heretic and the church wants you dead and all of your followers. And yeah. She raises her eyebrow and says, really? And I'm trying to think if that's actually a falsehood role. Like, are you, are you convinced that this is actually going to happen? With Connor, David, and possibly Theo. Yes. But I'm also going to play it up and like, this is a team of highly trained killers. Right, right. Like, these are the last people you want to mess with, even though I think they kind of all suck. Okay, so that's definitely a falsehood roll. So go ahead and roll falsehood against her will. But I'm persuading her that it's in her best interest to leave. I'm saying that... This is the role to convince her that you're telling the truth. After that, you can persuade her to do something about it. Hmm. She needs to believe that this is true first. So I'll fork in persuasion and bullcrap-wise, since I think... Our team kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So, what's the uh, yeah, uh, four at her will again? Gosh darn it, Need a new pair of shoes, yes, <laughs> just barely. She nods and she says, This is grave news indeed. And what would be your advised course of action? Do you have like followers? Or she looks behind her. I mean, my followers are here all around us. I am the abbess of this nunnery, after all. Okay, well, it would probably be in your best interest to leave. Leave? Go into hiding, yeah. I cannot leave. This is my flock. I speak the people in the town as well as the people in the nunnery. Oh, boy. Well. I'm needed here. <laughs> I mean, you can make a persuasion roll. Okay. I look her in the eyes, I'm like, you are no good to anyone here if you die. And the men the church sent are serious. And if they fail, they'll just send more until you're dead. You and your flock need to leave. The world can't lose. And this is where my seduction, seduced voice comes in. I'm like, the world can't lose an amazing woman such as yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, make the seduction roll first because. Uh, can I fork persuasion into that? Sure. Okay. And I can't really do pull crap wise because she's super attractive. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> nice. Can I re-roll all of those sixes to make it even better? No, you make can't. It, no, you, even you, okay, so, so what, what was your intent here, exactly? Make her feel like more comfortable around me, you know, trusting me. Okay. Look at me as a, a friendly, helpful figure. Cool. All right. So that gives you one, one advantage dice on your persuasion roll. So, okay. so, so she, she thinks you're charming. 
Okay, so I'm persuading her to like gather her flock and like leave to safety, and I give her a I give her like the uh, address for a safe house of one of my uh, you know my my one contact lady. Should I roll a contact roll for that to see if I know? Uh, no, no. I mean, you you're talking about uh, your criminal crime, crime lord. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are you you're not telling her where this safe house is or what it's about, right? You're just telling her there is a safe house. Yeah. Okay. Because I was about to say like to go there, but. I'm telling her she should leave, and that's a place she could okay, go. Right. I was I was gonna say like if you're telling her to go visit a crime lord, like that would be that would raise the ob all the way through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that stupid. Okay, go ahead and make it against an ob ob six because I mean this is okay. So this is a very hard rule to make. Persuasion because of my persuasion, the seduction one. I'm gonna say uh, seven, not six. Okay, so I get a, a dice for the persuade for the seduction, and can sure. I fork in seduction as well? No, that's that is okay. your fork dice. Okay. That's what that is. And bullcrap wise, because and falsehood, because I'm up like upping everyone else in our group and making it seem much more dire than it is. Sure. Do um, you want to try to add some sort of like really tall tail to get that extra dice for your trait? Yes. If you stay here, they they will potentially slaughter the entire city, all because they believe you're a heretic. Not a single man, woman, or child will survive this. All right, all right. Go ahead and add another dice for that. Yeah, it's seven. Yep. I need a pair of shoes. No, it's a failure. You yes. got one six. This this is where all the money comes down. I got two sixes. Did you? Nice. Okay, so yeah, it was slash roll two d six. You want to spend a fate on that? Eight altogether. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, she she's convinced of that. She's like, and her her face like just goes pale, chalk white, and she's like. You can't be serious. They, they will kill everyone. And I, I solemnly like look down, like semi guilty, and I don't know whether or not I'm being uh, truthful. There's a little twang. I think my heart grew a couple sizes that day. Okay, so what I'm going to do then is I'm going to make an uh, opposed observation for her. Unfortunately, she does not have observation. Make an inconspicuous roll. So she got two successes, and I'm gonna. She has a fate point, so I'm gonna go ahead and roll that six again. Oh, and another six. Oh, uh, but that's a failure. Okay, so that's yeah. three successes. So it's physically impossible. <laughs> I mean, go ahead and roll it anyway. Also, it's gray shaded. It is gray shaded. Okay, so you only got two. So you failed. She noticed. She noticed, and I see, I'm trying to think of how she'd think about that. I think what she does is she frowns. And she says, I will have to think on this further. Please excuse me. And then she just walks out the door behind you. So let's go ahead and pop back over to, I think, Theo. What is Theo doing in the rain right now? Well, I was thinking about following him, but... I don't think you know that he left. Was I in there when when he said that they were at the monastery? You know that. Everybody knows that the nuns are at the... Maybe heading up there, but like, I'm not like going up there to kill her. I'm just going up there find out about sure. her. Yeah, absolutely. I'm up there and I'm kind of like talking to the gods. What I was going to do is going to do a faith rule as I was on my way up there. You are very like, committed to these faith rules, my friend. Why aren't you telling me anything? I'm just going to be like, tell me what I need to do, like in an angry tone. Which doesn't, then I'm just be like, whatever. Okay, um, I'm not going to make you have you make that rule because uh, the let it ride rule basically says if you can't re-roll uh, the same kind of thing if you this situation hasn't dramatically changed every single time you've rolled a faith roll it's been for something different up to this point but this is something you've already asked and the gods are not telling you so you pray but the faith roll automatically fails nothing happens you've already failed that roll and the gods are not answering your question 
so you make your way up to the nunnery. So what do you do when you get to the gate right by, right over here? The guards kind of like look down at you and you say, What in the... What do you want? It's pouring rain. I need some time to pray. Well, the temple's that way. Why do you want to go to the nunnery? You're not a nun. Crazy no. Verudian. Do you have your trident with you? I'm not like holding it. Like in my bag. <laughs> you can still see it though. It's a tridents are big. <laughs> I wish to speak with the uh, Arbus or whatever. The Abyss? The Arbiter? The Abyss, yeah. Uh, she says, Well, you're the second one today. Why should I let you in here? Wait. Another man was here? Yeah. Some pretty boy who just, I don't know, he, he was like a messenger or something. He, he had some urgent message that he had to, had to give to the abyss. Are, are you going to make me open this gate for you? Yes, I feel... <laughs> can I, wait, do I have a persuasion or no? Yeah, you have four uh, persuasion. Oh. I was going to say, I honestly think that like he went up there to kill her or something like that. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, we had to kill heretics. That was our job. Sure. sure. I don't know. I don't know. Alphonse, like, I feel she's in great danger. I do not know the motives of the man who was here earlier. Well, why should I trust your motives? And that's me as a narrator asking you to roll a persuasion. What was the name of I am a man of honor. I was born into nobility. Like, explain how I'm a man of honor. and like. Okay, so what that would be, uh, go ahead and make an etiquette roll as a linked test. And if you succeed on it, then you can get one dice to your roll. And make the ob three as well for that one. Dang it. And you failed. So you do not look noble enough. So you, you can still make the you can still make the persuasion roll, but the rain probably doesn't help. There's no yeah. way you're nobility. Go make persuasion at op three, so. Alright, declare an extra op because he's armed. Declared. Sure. Op four. Also second man to approach a nunnery, which is a woman's <laughs> exactly. he's a foreigner. Yeah, so op four. Dang it, I failed again. Yeah, so he's like, nope, not gonna do it. Go away, you bugger. And he just goes back into his watchtower and just slams the door. And I think, I think we'll go ahead and break on that. Stick around. We'll be right back. You may have noticed that we've mentioned several times that a few of our characters, Delon and Alphonse, have gray shades. Let's talk briefly about what that means. There are three shades left to right along a grayscale. Black or mundane, gray or heroic, and white or supernatural. Stats, attributes, skills, and even equipment can be heroic or supernatural in shade. The question remains, what do the shades mean? Well, anything black-shaded rolls dice that give successes on a result of four or higher on a six-sided die. Anything gray-shaded results in a success on a three or higher, while anything white-shaded on a two or higher. The obstacles for heroic and supernatural shades are the same as for mundane. The lighter shades just have a better chance of meeting those obstacles. For example, Delon has a G6 sword skill, which means that the dice he rolls for that skill are gray-shaded. David would roll six dice and would need threes rather than fours to get successes. 
Gray-shaded abilities are reserved for the most heroic among men, as well as powerful beings such as demons and dragons. Supernatural abilities are reserved for gods and great ancient entities. Both Delon and Alphonse have a few gray-shaded stats, which means that any skills based on those stats are also automatically gray-shaded. Delon has a gray-shaded agility, which is why his sword skill uses gray dice. Alphonse has a gray-shaded will and fort, which gives him social skills that are gray-shaded as well as a gray-shaded health. Delon and Alphonse are both rather remarkable individuals, and we'll explore this potential for greatness as we continue throughout the show. There are several other effects gray shades can have upon various things, such as aptitude and various obstacles, but it would take a while to go through them all here. We'll discover more about shades later in the game. That's all from the rulebook for now. Let's get back to our session. This is Crow Inquisitors. Theo was just shunned from going into the nunnery, so you could still attempt to climb over the wall, but I think... Okay, so what I think we're actually probably going to do first is snap back over to Antonius and Cantarius. So at this point, I feel like I've gotten as much out of the drunk guys as I can. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get a chance to talk this over with Cantarius because I want to see what the other people in my party think. Definitely. Whether or not he wants to think about it, I'm going to go ahead and try. However... So I got a drunk guy at a table, so I suppose I should need, need to deal with that first. Oh, yeah, he's still there. He kind of looks at you guys expectantly. I asked to speak to you in private, Antonius. Oh, very well. Yeah, yeah Paige just kind of nods his head like, oh, go, go ahead, talk it over. You're thinking about buying me another drink, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about killing him. I say to you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. I mean... We're here to kill heretics, but this guy actually does seem like a terrible person, as far as we know. And since he's technically a heretic, we probably have to kill him anyway, so... He's not worth our time. Okay. I seriously think the church would consider him collateral damage, or they would consider him extraneous to the, the real heretics thing, and then we're going to have issues. So, let's avoid collateral damage if we can. Okay, so what's your guys' plan then? Well, at this point, an abbess who is making decisions and is preaching in front of the town does not seem to mesh with what I understand from my meager learning in the church. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's not normal. Do you think we found our heretic? Is that that enough to go on, in your opinion? To kill her or to... Look into it more. I would say maybe this merits looking into further. Like, I agree with you that we should, you know, be sure of what we're doing and who we, you know, whatever. But Oh, good. I was, like, I was starting to be afraid that you might be as bloodthirsty as some of these other people here. But that's the thing is, I don't want to think about this too much. I, I basically just tell you this flat out. Like, I just confess to you. Like, I don't want to deal with immoral ramifications of killing these people, and I just can't think about it. And so I don't think it would be too wise for me to trust you at this point, because I don't know you, not any offense to you, 
in any way. But like, I don't, I'm just going to trust you and you should just, you know, whatever, because I don't want to have to deal with this. Well, it's kind of raining pretty hard out right now. Perhaps we want to see who else we can talk to, pursue a line of inquiry about what the abbess might have been teaching in the marketplace and when she might be teaching next so we can get a clear charge of heresy. All right. I'll start at the bar. You start at the tables or, well, you know, trip over the tables, I guess. Maybe you should start at the bar. She has something to feel. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That was, that was, that was a low blow, man. Uh, I don't say that. (laughs) No, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't make a comment on that. I I just walk over to the tables and not hit them. Antonius is impressed. Good, good. At yeah. this point in the day, it's afternoon, evening, and it's raining pretty hard. Yes. It's more towards afternoon Who's... than evening. It's like early, okay. early afternoon, if anything. Okay. Who is there people? Are there people at the bar? Uh, How many? And... There's maybe like two people um, kind of sitting at the bar. Um, they both look like common laborers. Um, and then there is like maybe three occupied tables around the, the common room and all of them only have like one or two people at them. It's just kind of like the common like laborer type craftsman. Um, you, you actually do see the, the blacksmith that you you worked at his forge last night sitting at one of the tables just kind of nursing a drink by himself. One thing I, I do think, uh, Antonius, is that you kind of like as you're kind of like you start walking towards the table or whatever, I think you, you double over a little bit because you realize that like your your wound from falling is still like not healed over at all, and it's causing you some pain. Mm-hmm. You can attempt at any point. Since it's only a light wound, you can attempt at any point to do a health test to try to recover from it. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to actually just head off to my room then if I'm feeling really awful. And head up to my rooms and see what my wound actually looks like and okay. whether I need to do anything about it. Sure. Yeah, so Antonius, you kind of like look at your wound and uh, it is a late wound so it's not like super crazy but basically like you scraped off a whole bunch of skin on like your rib area it's kind of bleeding through your shirt a little bit um, not too bad because i've but. been working in the same shirt all night. exactly well i'm thinking yeah i'm going to attempt to bandage it up and help it heal and health check so that is an ob3 health test because of the disadvantage you incurred from staying up all night Ah, I see. That was an unwise maneuver. <laughs> Ob three. Shall we try this? Let's try this. Ah. All right. No, you got a six. You can spend a fate on that. Let's do this. I'll spend a fate on that. Okay. Slash roll 1d6. You failed. Oh. Failed recovery for superficial and light wounds. Character scarred up a bit and recovers in the full time required. The die penalties remaining in effect for the duration of the recovery time. Oh, it's not, it's not a light wound. It's a superficial wound. So technically, the ob is only two for that. Sorry, that was my fault. You just succeed. You're, you're healed up just fine. Oh, good. So, yeah, so it, looks, it looks worse than it actually is. So you just kind of patch yourself up a bit and you're, you're good to go. Hey, so long as you can't see bone, it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, exactly. And if you can see bone, it's only slightly worse than <laughs> it sounded when it actually happened. Yeah. Cantarius, what are you doing downstairs then? What kind of role are you trying to make? That's a good question. Are you trying to make like a circles roll to find someone specifically who knows something about the abbess? Yes, but I'm going to fail that. So I'll just intimidate. Well, that's the thing. Like you, you can't just like intimidate the whole room. You just got to either choose someone randomly or make a circles roll to try to see if you can find someone specifically. So I can't 
like do anything to pick somebody is this use somebody random i could just use my like perception you could maybe attribute, right yeah you can make i mean you could you could just make another hearing roll see if you hear anybody talking about anything like that oh okay yeah let's just uh, face obstacle what's your intent see if anybody's talking about church related things okay i'll four well, i failed oh wow so i just i pick a guy who who i dislike the most and I intimidate him. Okay, so you just pick, what, like, the guy who just gives you the wrong feeling the most? Yeah. What are you basing that off, Connor? Just his voice, oh, then? The yeah. guy's voice? Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Okay. He sounds like a jerk, or he's making fun of his friends, something like that. Okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of, like, talking loudly about um, his wife, actually. He's talking in not-so-subtle details about, basically, his wife won't have sex with him. Wow. All right, well, face obstacle. Well, what is your intent? What are you trying to do? I want to know stuff about the, the Evis lady. I'll make the assumption that clearly he gets around. So Okay, so the intent basically is if you know something about the Abbess, he will tell you. Yeah. Okay, let's just go against his will, um, which I'll make a three. It's not gonna be super difficult. Okay. This guy is more talk than than walk, so What? Oh wow, that's pretty sad. Can I spend fate to reroll? No, you can't because it's there's no sixes. So why does this fail? Because the guy doesn't know anything, probably. Okay. You scare the crap out of him. He literally pees his pants. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he knows absolutely nothing about the Abyss. Yeah. I mean, why would he? He's not a very religious guy whatsoever. He barely goes to the church ever. Okay, so, all right. So, yeah, that's the, the assumption there. I'm assuming I can't try again, though. Um, You could try again with someone else. You just couldn't try again on this person. Oh, okay. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that and be like, Oh, why would I choose a jerky guy to learn stuff about the church? And I'm like, well, that was dumb. So you're going to find like the nicest, like most religious seeming guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Okay. Make another hearing test for that. Uh, Three. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's this. um, It's actually the blacksmith. It's the blacksmith that uh, Antonius met earlier. Um, He he's actually he literally has he grabbed out like a small like scroll and he's reading scripture to himself just quietly he's trying to do it like inconspicuously he's kind of making trying to make it seem like he's like checking business records or something but he's actually uh, reciting scripture to himself and is this would this be a case of most common people who don't have the reading and writing skills or aren't professional at it can't read or write without talking out loud while they're doing it um, you have to read out loud yourself or is well that's that the thing like that's that's not that's not so much that sure, if so. he doesn't have write and read that he does that it's just or, well, well, it's yeah, probably guess, what yeah. most people do just in general if just they, read out loud they just read they out can't loud read this. exactly yeah. i know i know that um for certain um certain church fathers there was actually it was no notice was made they could read without moving their lips while doing so mm-hmm. yeah and definitely it's a medieval thing where like that's not really a normal thing to, to read silently. You, you read when you're, you're out loud. And that's probably why he's so hesitant or whatever, because he has to read it out loud if he really wants to read it. But he doesn't want to do so in like kind of a, in public. I just say, clearly you're a religious person. Okay. So let me tell me about the abbess. So yeah, he closes that scroll as fast as he can and kind of shoves it into his little bag that he has next to him. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, you're going to tell me everything you know about the abbess right now. Intimidation. Bob, let's see what his will is. Three. What is this crap? <laughs> uh, you have a six. You can reroll it. 
It's only one, though. What the heck? So you now have zero fate points. That's what I'm talking about right there. And you got well, two. Like, yeah, you got two more successes. Um, so you got four. So he says, what do you want to know? Everything. Everything you can tell me about the Abyss. He goes on to tell you basically everything you already knew about the Abyss, that she's been preaching every once in a while in the middle of the town. Um, that yes, she... I know, I know. Some of them I don't know. Come on. Well, I don't know what you don't know. Um, I'd say I needed to give a private meeting with her. How would I go about doing that? I mean, I don't tell me. know her on a personal basis. Make a hearing test. Uh, it's going to be an opposed, so just set it as one. Connor, you can totally tell that he's lying. He has met with the abbess before for some random reason. We're almost against the wall. Oh, really? Yeah, make okay. a sign of it. And and what what are you what is your intent with that? Are you actually rolling like a brawling or? Nah, intimidation still. Well, okay, so you're gonna have to roll brawling because he's a big guy to actually accomplish oh. that. Um, well, we're trying to do this conspicuously, right? Yeah. Would me throwing a guy up against the wall be a big deal, or maybe not? I mean, it's not like you're killing anyone, so it's not like, but it would draw attention to you, especially if you're a blind guy. Throwing the local blacksmith against a wall, that might be a thing. I mean... Alright. So, okay, okay, everyone would just beat you up. <laughs> well, they try. Connor has a rockin' brawlin'. I guess. I really want to see him in action, though. It'd be great. <laughs> but okay. I lean in real close. Stare at him with lifeless eyes that aren't actually staring at him, technically. You just kind of stare past of, him. They're just sort of focused way through him. Yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah, I just do that, and I say, you're lying to me. And I grab his hand. And, and that, say, at that moment, a, a small girl runs into the inn and she says, Papa, Papa. And then oh she kind of like, gosh. she kind of like skids to a stop when she sees you. The Swiss face is like pale as snow. Maddie, get out of here. I let go and I say, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. I just, I, I let go of him though. And I don't want to do anything in front of his daughter. She walks up to you. And she kind of has like iron in her eyes and, and she, she like goes up to you, crosses her arms like this and looks up at you and says, what are you doing, my dad? She's about like 12. Connor, you horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was the bad guy. <laughs> oh, no, I think Alphonse is still worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I don't know. I'd say, uh, but I, uh, I can't lie to this little girl either. I mean, you could, but that would be a falsehood rule, and you're not very good at that. Well, yeah, well, exactly, that too. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to lie to her. So you're going to say I was about to beat, I was about to beat up your dad for information? You could theoretically intimidate her away, but... You could stretch the truth. Might not. Uh, yeah, that's that called fall under hurting the no, children. You're like, I need some information from your dad. All right, yeah. I just say that, yeah. I say, I need some information. She narrows her eyes and she says, what sort of information? Someone's been reading books. Are you like, what, like five years old? You know, just go do little girl things. She's 12. <laughs> <laughs> go back, little girl. Go do your things. Go play with Barbies. And- like little rag dolls. Yeah, rag doll. I, I just, I say important information. And I don't, I don't, like, I, I don't even know what else to say. I'm just like. Okay, so, so what she does is she, she, she grabs her father's, like, arm. And she's like, come on, daddy, let's go home. And, like, he kind of, like, gives you a look, like, is that okay? Please. Tell me what I need to know. I think he just sits back down. And he says, Maddie, I need you to go back home. I need you to get mom, all right? And uh, you you tell her what's happening. 
and I'll be home soon. All right. And she she looks straight into your eyes, Cantarius, and you can't obviously see this. She says, no, leave my dad alone. I just turned to the father like <laughs> you're not just bad Matthew, not obeying your orders. I don't say anything, but I just look at him like. Hey. And and the audience the audience sees a flicker of a smile on the Smith's face, but you don't. I feel the wind. <laughs> you really, you really don't. You hear the rustle of his beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What basically what he does is he stands up tentatively, waiting for you to like try something, and if you don't, then he just walks out with his daughter. I say, please, a little more threateningly. <laughs> I take a step forward with my pleas. I think Maddie, the girl, she trips you. <laughs> so Is she really? Yeah, I mean if you if you're not going to stop her, it's basically just she's like gonna try to push you over with like a power test or whatever. But otherwise, like you could do an opposing brawling if you wanted to. No. Okay. I'm not gonna touch her. Just roll well, power, Connor. Or what about yeah? Or what about like an agility sort of thing to get a, get out of her way? You could do that too. You could either do power or agility, depending on what you're doing. Agility. Okay. So she got a one six. She got one success. Nice. All right. Hey. So yeah, she, she tries to push you. You just step out of the way. Really, I'm just kind of like looking at the dad. Like, what the heck? You're letting your kid like attack somebody. <laughs> okay. Like, like, okay. When I, I don't really want to talk to the girl. What I'm trying to do is be like, look, guy, I mean, I'm not, obviously not going to do anything. Like, I know I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to make the guy think that I'm going to do something to his daughter if he doesn't do this. I think what actually happened... I'm ha- not going to go yeah. too far on that road because I really can't stand the, the thought of me hurting this little girl. No, I get you. I think, I think what actually happens is Opage is suddenly next to you. And he has, like, the empty mug in his hand. Basically, what he says is, you don't want to take another step towards this, my friend, and he's talking to you. If you do, nothing good is going to come of it. And he kind of like gestures around at the like the rest of the patrons who are all kind of looking at you guys. But you probably don't like see the gesture. Obviously, you're just you, you notice that he yeah. moves his arm and you're, you probably just assume what he's doing. And that's well, the, I know where everybody is in the room. Exactly. And you probably like fe- start feeling everybody's gaze on you. I say... I'm sorry, but you should be sorry, too, that I have to get my information from somewhere else now. Oh, and I do wow. whatever bow or honorary, like, respectful thing. And yeah, he, he kind of, like, just grabs his daughter's hand and just looks at you and just walks out. And I make sure to say sorry to Maddie as well. I'll specifically say that I say, Maddie, I, I never had any intention of doing any harm to either of you. I'm sorry. She doesn't spare you another glance and just walks out. All right. I'm probably going to cry now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's actually probably a good place to kind of take our, our last break here. Stick around. There's more Burning Wheel to come. Don't touch that dial. Let's talk about another way that advancement works in the burning wheel, learning new skills. 
Every skill has a stat or combination of stats on which it is based. This is called its root. Skills are listed with their roots in the skills section of the burning wheel. When a character doesn't have an appropriate skill, they may test against their beginner's luck at a double obstacle penalty. Beginner's luck dice are equal to the root stat of the skill, not half the stat, the full dice. For skills with two roots, you choose which stat to take the test on. As an example, the skill sword is based on agility, since it involves manual dexterity and hand-eye coordination. Your aptitude in Burning Wheel indicates the number of tests a character needs in order to gain a new skill. Aptitude equals 10 minus the root stat. If the root is a combination of two or more stats, the aptitude is 10 minus the average of the root stats rounded down. For example, a character with a 4 in agility has a 6 aptitude for learning the sword skill, 10 minus the exponent of 4 in the stat. When using beginner's luck, it is possible to learn new skills. However, the obstacles for advancement are factored slightly differently. When testing the root stat, note the obstacle before doubling. If the obstacle would count as a routine test, and thus not actually count for advancing the stat, you note a test for learning the new skill. If the test, before doubling, would count as a difficult or challenging for the stat, note a test for advancing the root stat. If there are disadvantages to be applied to the test, like a plus one ob penalty for a superficial wound, add them to the base obstacle for determining the test for advancement, but don't double them along with the base obstacle. Add them to the final obstacle after doubling. Once a character meets the aptitude requirement, they open the skill. They would then write that skill in the skills section of their character sheet. The starting exponent for all skills is half of the root stat, or the average of the two root stats, rounded down. Once the skill opens, it advances normally, like any other skill. Another quick rule to explain is linked tests. This is a type of test that helps another test. Once in a while, a character may find themselves in a long-term or complex operation that requires many skills or abilities to overcome. Link tests can be performed by a single character with many skills, but more often they are undertaken by multiple characters complementing each other. When rolling for a test in a series of link tests, if the character who tested before your character merely met their obstacle, you gain no benefit. If they exceeded their obstacle, your character gains a plus one die advantage for their portion of the test. If the character who tested before you failed their test, then the obstacle for your portion is increased by one. For example, a group of characters is sneaking out of a harbor and sailing through pirate-infested waters to a remote island. The pilot must pass a piloting test, the navigator must pass a navigation test, and the character in the crow's nest tests their observation to watch for pirates. All of these tests affect one another, and so they are linked together. A series of link tests can be several tests in a row, or simply a preliminary test made before your real roll, such as rolling an etiquette test to make sure you treat a princess with respect so that you can get an extra die on your oratory test to convince her to help you and your companions. That's all for now. Let's get back to the action. This is Crow Inquisitors. We are back for the last hour of the Crow Inquisitors. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. Children are not being harmed in the making of this program. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I think we pick up back with uh, Antonius. What are you doing after you kind of treat yourself? How exhausted am I? I mean, pretty tired. You only got like two hours of sleep today. So 
Yeah, I'm thinking that after an episode of extreme discomfort in the bar downstairs and then realizing that I actually bled through the shirt that I was wearing while working, mm -hmm. I decided, you know what, I better get the rest of my sleep. Okay. So I'm going to sleep for a few more hours and okay. wait till other people come back and find out what they find. Because I, I know Theo's nowhere to be found and Alphonse is scared and Dylan's off doing his thing. So I'm just going to sort of wait this one out, mostly because. I'm exhausted. No, I get you. I mean, yeah. blacksmith thing is fun and all, but <laughs> overnight's it, kind of when a little it causes much. you to bleed. It's probably time to stop. No, no, that's the best part. <laughs> Temper the steel just right. Oh my! But goodness. no. Well, okay then. No, I'm just imagining Cantarius's face when he kind of just realized that you just went up and went to sleep and <laughs> it never helped yeah. him. But uh, I think what we do is actually we go we cut back to Theo real quick. And you said you wanted to try to like sneak over the wall. Is that what your plan was, Adam? Yeah. What do I have to roll for that? Well, okay. So you, it would be two rolls. It would be climbing and then stealthy. Unfortunately, climbing not agility. Climbing is its own thing. Climbing is its own thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think you have either of those skills. No, no, I'm not gonna get them. You never know. I mean, it's just pouring rain <laughs> and completely vertical wall. Yeah, you know, it's fine. People do that every day. I can do it myself, like in real life. Scale a vertical wall with no handholds while it's wet, carrying a trident yeah. and other material. Not gonna lie, I'm pro probably good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, let's see if your character can. Is it smooth stone or cobbles? Like, I think I did specify that it was wooden palisade. Yeah. So that's, it's not that difficult to climb. Okay, um, that's a lot. But it is raining, so the ob for the climbing test is probably going to be a. It's going to make an up two. And it's going to double to four. So. Oh, I got it. Nice. Awesome. And you even got two success. Wow. So even if you hadn't gotten those other rolls, you would have. So you climb just fine. So Thank this you. is actually going to give you an advantage dice to your stealth roll because these are like links tests. So you can actually put one modifier for your stealthy. And I think the ob will be. Well, the ob for stealthy isn't going to be that hard, actually, because it's. Yeah, let's go ahead and make it a two again. It. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Um, you failed. <laughs> so, oh wow! But yeah, so so basically, what happens is you climb over the wall just fine. But the guard totally. Hey, what are you doing? Like, yeah, the guard totally knows you're there, and he's just like, "Are you kidding me? In the name of all that is good and holy, what are you doing?" And he basically just like right as you get onto the top of like that like the walkway part of the wall, he he <laughs> literally just like comes over and like tackles you. Like, hey, I just need to talk to the nun. <laughs> as you're being tackled okay so he's gonna go ahead and roll power uh, you can either roll power or agility in response whether or not you're like, kind of like pushing back or just trying to drive out of the way can I roll both or no no you can't but okay what's the difficulty I mean, he's like a church guard so <laughs> well he's not he's just a village guard he's not guarding the church or anything his power is a four so I'm gonna go ahead and roll that and he got one. <laughs> so that's your obstacles one. Uh, he doesn't have any fate points, so he can't reroll that six. So yeah, you succeeded. Um, you can very well push this guy off of the wall if you wanted to. No, I'm just gonna, I'm just kind of like overpower him, like tie him up or something. Uh, yeah, you overpower him. Yeah, you can roll an untrained knots test to tie him up. If you don't have rope, that's going to be kind of hard. This guy yeah. might have rope, but I don't think so. Can I just knock him out? Yeah, you can knock him out without a roll. So you just kind of knock him out, leave him on the. I like do like like some like pressure point. Like, do you want to 
drag him back into his little watchtower shelter place because otherwise yeah. he's going to be kind of like facing the rain. Yeah. Okay, so that works, and then you can just climb down fine. Yeah, so you make your way to the abbey, and what do you do when you reach the gate? Because there is a nun, that same nun there. She doesn't see you offhand. She's still praying by her little incense candle. Excuse me, have you seen a man coming through here? A man not from these parts. Uh, She doesn't hear you at first. Excuse me. Hello? And she, she kind of glances down, just and you just see the barest like movement of her head through the flicker of the candle. And she says, Hello, what are you doing out here in this storm? I'm here looking for a few people. A man, not from these parts, but he came looking for a woman. The Arvis. Or... <laughs> Why does everybody keep mispronouncing that? Abyss. It's not that hard. <laughs> I thought there was an Arbit. No. Oh, the Arbiter? The Abyss. She doesn't respond right away. And I think I want you to make a persuasion roll to convince her to let you in. And your uh, ob is four. His ob should be against my seduction roll that I made earlier. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Dang it. Nope, didn't make it. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, she, she just looks down at you and says, this is awfully suspicious to have... And she just stops and she says, um, I don't think I'm going to let you in, stranger. Uh, please come back tomorrow when it's not storming out. You could try another climbing roll. Climb over this wall. Unfortunately, this is a stone wall. So that will be much more difficult. <laughs> be up the nun. Um, roll seduction. I, I could try. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do I get? What, what would be the ops? Still four? So that'd be eight? So that'd be like impossible? Uh, yeah, it would be pretty hard. <laughs> Let me weigh my options here. <laughs> can I do faith? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, you absolutely can do faith. Can I try and make the goddess controller me control her to let me in or something? Oh, that would be a very difficult role. <laughs> then what can I do? A boon. You could open end a skill. You probably should have done that before you rolled persuasion. You could do a blessing to give yourself plus one dice. You could do aid to give yourself up to plus three dice. A minor miracle would be four, ob four. So you could succeed with that, possibly. And that's probably what that would be, is just to, let, to have her let you in. So it's a four, you Yeah, saying? it's a four. What did you say the boon? What is that? Uh, boon is... It, it open ends a skill, so basically it automatically rerolls sixes. So the, it could do it to the persuasion roll? What does that have to do with faith, though? Basically what you'd be doing is say, hey, help me on this roll, god. And that's what it would be. But unfortunately that wouldn't have yeah. helped you in that situation either. Thanks, Yeah. God. I think what happens is you get struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happens. Oh, man. Because <laughs> you have angered the gods just a little bit too much today. <laughs> so, so, so I think what we do is we, we kind of cut away real quick as Theo is praying this. And you see Nirani and um, her son, the god of fire. And I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But you see like the god of fire and Nirani. And she's a god of water. Nirani is like holding her face like this and she's like he will not let me be and then the god of fire just kind of looks over her and says let me smite him mother let me smite him it will be glorious and she kind of looks at him and says just don't kill him and then she kind of like walks away and then we go back to Theo and I think what I'm going to do so um, I'm trying to think of what you would roll against this the nuns take care of me. The nuns would take care of me if I just got struck by lightning. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this guy just got struck by lightning. 
just the barest moment before this lightning strikes you, you have a sinking feeling in your stomach and you're like, oh no. And then the lightning strikes you. So go ahead and make an agility roll against the lightning's agility roll. <laughs> Probably like 20. And it automatically open ends because it's magic. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. This is so glaring. All right, let's, let's kind of tally this up here. You got seven successes against your... What is it? Roll your agility. So your odd is seven. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that, oh my means, that means you take an ob four wound. Which luckily for you is superficial. You know what? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I think I'm going to bump that up a bit. Um, cause technically, the lightning, gray shade the lightning? Gray sh- yeah, gray shading the lightning would increase it by one. Actually, no, it would be it would be white shaded because it's a god. So so yeah, that actually makes the 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 success go up by one, two, three. So it's ten. So it's a ten against your three. So it's an ob seven, which is a midi wound. So you got a midi wound, which means you have two wound dice. Which let's let's go ahead and look at your stats here. Luckily, you have no stats that are two or lower. So you're still up. You're not incapacitated, but you're burned. You're really, really burned. So you're definitely going to have to get treatment. A midi wound must be treated before the conclusion of the session or else the wound becomes a severe wound. But luckily, the wound ceases to bleed at severe. So if it does increase to severe, you won't die from it. The test cannot be taken until and unless the character receives treatment from field dressing, herbalism, apothecary surgery, or an analogous skill. Um, So yeah, you have to get treatment before you can make that test. So you're going to have to Beg this abbess to just be all dramatic and fall over and like you, it had totally killed you. Yeah, you can absolutely roll a persuasion again because the situation is completely changed. So go ahead and roll your persuasion again. I would not recommend doing any sort of faith roll to try to get a boon on that. Say the ob is three, and actually, I think you can fork in conspicuous with this if you want to, like, ham it up. I think the nun is going to let you in no matter what, but I think your success on this roll is going to determine how fast they get you help. Yeah, go ahead and roll against a three. Nice! You just barely managed to do it, even with two wooden dice. The nun, like, rings like a bell that she has up there, and she's like, Help! Help! Someone is dying! Okay, so 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 this is what happens, um, Alphonse. We kind of we we kind of cut back to you. I think. What are you doing after you talk to the abbess? I probably would have waited for her to come back, and I mean, there's nothing really I could do in the meantime. Yeah, so so she doesn't come back, not at least until Theo gets dragged in. So so you're kind of just like waiting in the courtyard or whatever, and you see a bunch of nuns, like soaked nuns. Okay, so so first you see nuns, like you hear the bell. Two of the nuns like kind of run out and. A short time later, you see um, a burned Theo being dragged by some nuns into, <laughs> into the courtyard. And, and they, they kind of look at you and they say, hurry, help us, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Was he conscious? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. conscious. He's leaning on them as they're kind of like putting his arms over their shoulders kind of a thing. They kind of ask you to help because you look like a big, strong man. Because <laughs> you well, you look you look attractive yeah. at the very least. You look healthy. Okay. Well, no, he has bullcrap wise. Yeah. You notice me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Crap. sure. 
And I'm just like, oh, oh boy. Well, I guess I go and help him. Alphonse, you're here. <laughs> I'm kind of just, just flabbergasted. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Does, he, does, does Alphonse not know that I was gonna? That was not gonna kill the. I mean, the you were all kind of talking about killing the. I left pretty soon after I figured out where she was and started hearing talk of killing yeah. her. I'm just like, mm, I'm gone. And I'm like, oh, if these guys are this far, David's probably definitely already this far and on his way there. Alphonse, they may be coming to kill the the abbess. Yeah, I know that. We'll talk inside alone, not in your shot of nuns. I already talked to her. I mean, no, I did not. <laughs> I mean, no, I did not. The nuns, the nuns are like looking at you guys like with really strange looks. So yeah, like one of the nuns, like the the middle aged lady who was up on the on the tower is like helping with the other arm as you help with the, the first arm, Alphonse. And then the other nun that was with, or the other two nuns, like are kind of like walking behind you, like just kind of looking concerned. Big burly nuns? The ones that went out are kind of slight nuns. The, the one, the middle-aged <laughs> lady is, she's pretty burly and she's the one helping Theo. How does Theo feel about the church, by the way? And the Pope, the popery and whatnot? Well, that's the well, thing. He's from a different that, country, so. Whatever, but I don't yeah. really care about Okay. I don't like the church itself, but this is different. Like, this is just like an off church. Like, the like, church. Like, I don't I'm like, talking about like the actual popery who. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like. Kill us if we It'd be the papacy, but it. okay. <laughs> not the popery. Not the popery. Popery is something completely different. Yeah, I know what popery is. Nah, okay. Okay, so yeah, we we lead them in, and I'm just like, mm, mm. I'm trying to come up with some grandiose story. So yeah. where do, where do we take him? Uh, yeah, you take him to like a side room where there's like, you know, some like hospital bed looking things. Another nun kind of like comes out and uh, she is, is uh, wearing some spectacles and she like has like this little medical bag with her and she kind of just sets it down and opens it up and starts working right away. She's using an apothecary. She doesn't have surgery. She just has uh, like herbs and, and salves and stuff like that. And she needs uh, four successes. Fortunately, she does not have that good of or she has five exponent in it. So, I mean, that's good. That's like an expert level, but you are pretty burned. So, let's go ahead and see where this goes. And this will take treatment time requires 20 minutes per obstacle point. It takes 80 minutes, so about an hour, an hour and a half almost to finish this up. So, so basically, like, you can talk to Theo Alphonse as this is being done. She fails. <laughs> she cuts your credit artery. Let's see what happens when you fail treatment for midi wounds. Actually, first, she needs to stop the bleeding. And technically, she only needed two successes for that. So she actually succeeded. So you are not bleeding anymore. You will not get a worse wound from this. And, and bleeding means, like, just the wound is going to work. So you're not actually bleeding, I don't think, because the lightning cauterized all of your wounds. <laughs> but it's not, it's not going to get any worse than this, per se. Um, so, so what's going to happen is um, she realizes how serious it is. And she like has like um, other nuns like go run and grab some people from the city actually or from the town. So she goes, they go and like grab it like a doctor, like a doctor. Yeah, something like a doctor, like doctor. So so Thea and Alphonse, what she kind of like bandages you up, put some salves on you to make sure that like you're not going to get any worse or whatever until she can actually do the treatment necessary. So what are Alphonse and Theo's conversation like while while this is happening? I'm waiting for 
Alphonse to tell me what happened. I mean, right now I'm just like standing in the corner trying to think of a way out of this, but there's literally like nothing I can do. Alphonse. Yeah. Is the Abbas safe? For now. Good. I think what happens, Theo, is as soon as you start saying that, the ghost of your wife appears in front of your face. And so you kind of probably like stop mid-sentence. <laughs> and she she's just she's looking at you with that like faraway look that she always does. She's not actually looking at you, she's just looking past you. Oh, it's the worst. And 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 then the Nirani's voice comes from the, the woman's lips and they sound very angry. Um and basically what she says is kill the abbess and then disappears. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, How do you react to this, Theo? I don't know. I'm kind of mad at her. <laughs> so this is do the thing: I, do you, see, you do, do not I have to play anything. to that instinct, even though you have that instinct. You do. It's not. A, it's not like a thing that you have to do. Then does he get us some sort of a seizure like he did last time when he sees? Go ahead and roll steel test for me. <laughs> oh, that worked out so well for Jared last time. <laughs> yeah, it really did, didn't it? Oh, okay. I got an idea. How about like since I don't know what the abbess looks like, like I'm like gonna kill her, and then I see her, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, that might happen. We'll we'll see. Go ahead and roll steel. Heck? Oh, because you have wounds. It's almost like a heart attack or like a almost like a really intense brain, like a migraine. And I'm just like, ah, like it's just like screaming. Like imagine like a really high pitched screaming in your head. Yeah, definitely. That's what that's what it looks like. I'm just like yeah. on the ground. Like, how would you respond to this, Alphonse? Well, I mean, that was right after he asked if the uh, Abyss was okay. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just like, hmm. Mm, this isn't good. And I'm like, hey, I gotta go take a leak. So, so this is a very obvious lie on his part, Theo. You know that the goddess tells me what to do, though? Just judging from your reaction to me saying she was alright, I'm just like, ooh. Something ooh, is going down. Red flag. Something, yeah. I, I don't have any idea that you're seeing ghosts of your dead wife. I'm just like, something is definitely wrong. And I'm just like, yo, hey, I gotta go take care of some clerical stuff the nuns. I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> See how the uh, see how the doctor's coming along, you know. Okay. Treatment and you, you totally tell that that's an obvious lie, Theo. Like you know, I, I can't, I can't roll. You can roll if you want to. Fork and persuasion, bullcrap, and tall pill. So yeah, so so you just kind of like nod, I guess, Theo, and he Alphonse just like goes off. I, I book it to the abyss. Let's kind of jump over real quick to Cantarius and Antonius. Um, what are they hey. up to? I mean, Antonius is sleeping. Yeah, but Cantarius, but you're crying. Yeah. You wouldn't do anything else for a couple hours still, you think? Probably not. Okay, so never mind. We, we jump back. Actually, yeah, I think we do jump to you guys. Yeah, I think I think we do jump to you guys with the with the camera shots or whatever. And we literally just it's, it's like dramatic music is kind of playing. So it's just like a little bit of a short montage shot where you just see Cantarius crying in like the corner of his room in the end. And you just see Antonius sleeping. And then I'm we kind of, yeah. Glorious. Then we, can, then, I, can I, yeah, can I do a sleep check? Is there a sleep check? <laughs> there is not. <laughs> oh, I was playing this role playing game with a bunch of other guys one time, and they were just, it was one of those open ended D20 type of things. So uh-huh. It's just roll for whatever. And the one guy rolled on his sleep check and he got a perfect 20. And so the DM's like, you had the most perfect sleep you've ever had, and you never need to sleep again in your life. <laughs> You look up and someone left you a gift with a lot of money and an amazing breakfast. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I think we jump back to Alphonse then. Um, Alphonse, you intersect the abbess as she's coming to go like check out Theo. Like you, she's with a couple of the nuns that were helped him in. 
she looks very concerned as she kind of like cla- is clasping her hands and walking and talking with the with the nuns to our side. And he's like, and he what he was struck by lightning. What what does that even mean? Okay, I look to her and I'm like, I'm visibly shaken and like, yeah, concerned. I'm like, we need to talk now, alone. We, we already talked, and I already told you I will not go into a private conversation with someone I don't know. The situation is worse, and do you want to cause a panic? She narrows her eyes. I mean, go ahead and make a persuasion, I guess. Okay. Should I add seduction since she thinks I'm charming? Sure. What's the uh, the app? Uh, her will, which is four. Name a pair of shoes. Yes. Got it. Oh, that was close. Okay, so yeah, she um she just nods and says, "I'll be there shortly." And to like the other nuns, and they walk on ahead, and she just she literally like just leads you into like the side room that's like right next to them in the hallway. I think it's like a pantry, actually. It's big. It's like a big pantry, and she keeps the door open, but she just kind of leads you in there real quick. And what did you want to tell me? So yeah, I literally just tell her everything now. Like, okay, I might have not. Yep. (laughs) I want them to escape. And it all comes into my plan of betraying the popery. Okay, so I may have not told you everything the first time. I'm one of said inquisitors. Not by my own will. There's there's magic implanted in my brain. And if I uh, disobey the, what is it, the popery called again? Papacy. I think you should be able to fork in bullcrap wise just because it's the most ridiculous story. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so. The the popacy is was about to execute me for crimes committed in my oh, past, but I'm kind of a new guy now, and uh, and they implanted magic in my brain. So if they find out I disobeyed the popacy or killed any of my companions, they're going to blow up my brain. Is that and, really uh, what happened? Like, is there magic in my brain too? Oh, it's yeah. not just in your brain; your whole body. Oh. So like, literally, they basically like cast yeah. casted like some sort of curse on you that if you like disobey them, they can tear apart your atoms, basically. Oh man, this is Adams. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you haven't heard that joke a million times. I've probably never heard that joke before. What are you talking about? Okay, so what is your intent uh, at the end of that? So you kind of like tell her the truth. Yeah. And how I'm like the Pope's son, and uh, I'm trying to end the papacy and like the nobility. And the means, like, like the main religious and like the main political city, because it's all like super corrupt and whatnot. Oh, that's and, something I uh, could they, they sent us here to uh, basically kill you and all the other heretics and i'm trying to stop it and in the beginning it was just to spite the papacy but now now mm-hmm. i don't really know there you go know why <laughs> there I'm, guys. it's grown to be more than that and you seriously need to leave now because the guy in there is one of the inquisitors and he was sne- he just tried to sneak in to maybe kill you i don't know so you need to leave yeah. now so i mean that's another persuasion role you can add the dice for the tall tale teller because that is one of the most ridiculous stories that anyone's ever heard. <laughs> um, and what else did you want to fork into that? Uh, seduction, because at the end, I'm just like, you really need to leave because like, the world can't lose someone as amazing and willing to go as far as you have to protect the people and you know share the word and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to do a persuasion. No, wasn't coming from a serial I probably think that was kind of sweet. Yeah. And a liar. Hey. Connor, my heart grew two sizes this day. <laughs> See you with the Grinch before? Did you try yeah. to steal Christmas too? <laughs> no, I tried to steal all the weapons. No, as okay. I think about it now, you probably did ruin Christmas for Maddie one year, or two years, or a couple of years. The blacksmith's daughter? The blacksmith's daughter? Oh, oh, yeah. The blacksmith's oh, daughter. He, committed, he committed adultery with the Maddie's mother, remember? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you don't know this. You do not know this. But based yeah. on the explosive and you threatened your father. <laughs> I wasn't not... planning on doing anything. 
I never was I. I was drunk. Oh, I love this session so much. <laughs> Connor, I, the worst. It was probably before. That's probably my daughter. To be fair, <laughs> it is what? entirely possible. Oh, wait a second. Let, let's think about this. Actually, uh, she's twelve years old. Okay. Um, you would have been seventeen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's possible. It's entirely possible. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> that makes uh, the story horribly more tragic. Yeah. You're a terrible person, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying well, to get better. <laughs> this, this is my friend. Why are you guys doing such terrible things to this guy? Because <laughs> it makes the story more interesting. Okay, so persuasion, I'm forking in seduction, falsehood for the uh, whole making these guys seem much worse than they are. Sure. And uh, tall tale, so that's three. Uh, what, how many dice are you rolling all together then? Nine. Make the ob an eight. Oh, Caleb, why? Because, okay, so this is the thing. The, the first persuasion roll you made, though you succeeded, it was with a lie. And now that you've changed yeah. your story, she's much less likely to believe you about this. She's so confused. I she's like, the story, though. The, you, the story's still mostly the same. Yeah, I, I know, but on. like... She's suspicious of you. It's entirely possible for you to succeed in this roll. It really is. Come on. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fate to be spent there you can roll that six again can i spend a persona <laughs> you could have before the roll <laughs> oh i should oh, i kind of want to do that i'm still really depressed and it's a Crap. failure so basically she looks at you and she says am i supposed to believe that and then she just turns on her heel and walks out she closes mm-hmm. the door to the pantry on you i just look really like downtrodden when she doesn't when she says that i'm just like oh man and then you hear the click of the lock as you're locked <laughs> inside the pantry. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Does she know what the Pope looks like? I don't know. She's probably never seen the Pope before. Well, from paintings and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess you probably know what the Pope looks like. Can she, can she see the resemblance? Do I get another dice? <laughs> no, that's not. That wouldn't help. <laughs> yeah, would, that would collaborate at least one of the most <laughs> unbelievable parts of my story that I'm no. the son of the Pope. No. Fork in political influence. <laughs> yeah. Can I fork in my reputation? Mm-mm, that's only for circles rolls. So yeah, so that's where we cut away from Alphonse. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up the rest of this with the other characters. So Antonius and Cantarius, are you going to do anything or just continue sleeping and crying? Like, Well, <laughs> I was honestly hoping people would return to the uh, yeah. pub before the end of the session. Well, that's the thing. Cantarius could. Cantarius could come wake you up. That's true. Or... Do we get individual rooms or like a suite of rooms off of a common area? Because I feel like my character might have just plunked himself down in a chair after bandaging up and be like, I'm going to take a minute and then just pass out. Yeah, I think I think that's what actually what, what did happen. I think I think this. Yeah, yeah. I man. think this inn is like the most expensive inn in the town. And there's there's only one suite of rooms like that. And you guys bought it out kind of a thing. And so, yeah, there's a suite of like five different like small bedrooms all adjoining like a little common room area so yeah cantarius probably saw you on his way to go cry saw (laughs) (laughs) yeah well heard you sensed your presence so cantarius you gonna wake antonius up or yeah i probably will i mean i want to get a move on things i want to get this over with so you want to put on move on things (laughs) hey now that's alphonse's job (laughs) that's true So yeah, what, so you wake up Antonius. Antonius, how do you respond to that? Uh, how much sleep have I gotten? Let's say about two hours more of sleep. So you've got about four hours of sleep. 
That's about average. I'm good. <laughs> okay. So yeah, how do you respond when he wakes you up? I'm irritable because I don't like being awakened. And I'm also irritable because I fell asleep in a chair rather than in the bed that I wanted to be in. That's fair. I apologize, but I don't... Yeah, my character's not too concerned about your sleeping habits right now. I'm just like, yo, we need to get going. I don't even know where everybody else is. They might be killing people as we speak. And Come back you and feel like you need to participate in that if it's occurring? That's a good point. I think the rain is kind of cleared up at this point, so you no longer hear any of the, the raindrops. I, I kind of frown and say, what should we do? Because I'm just looking for direction because I'm just so not in the mood for this. Mm-hmm. I say, all right, well, what do we do then? What do you suggest? Completely out of character here. I have honestly no, not much of an idea of what I want to do at this point. Um, I think that, you know, they're making a scene out at the Abbey. That's not really Antonius's thing. Mm-hmm. I can get you in and out of places if you find some place you need to get in and out of. I mean, Alphonse did just get locked in a pantry. <laughs> can break stuff. I can. Yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm not going to be necessarily yeah. out looking to kill random nuns or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you say we should just kind of hang tight? Yeah. Cool. Hold on. Can I try to break my staff? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, how about I ask him if he can, like, unforge it, like dismantle it in the forge. Depends on what's, what it's made of. I don't know. <laughs> Magic. Yeah, he has no idea yes. what it's made out of. Yeah, I, yeah, no, literally, I ask, you if, I ask you if you can, like, stick it in the forge and melt it, see what happens. Alright, let's do some fun stuff here, shall we? <laughs> I've been waiting to use these stats. <laughs> Hold the character. I'm gonna do appraisal, figure out what it is, okay. what it's made of, so then I'm going to fork in materials-wise, what is it made of? Tools-wise, what was used in the construction, because that's also important, particularly for deconstruction. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm also going to fork in art- yeah, artisan-wise, see if there are any particular distinguishing marks, something I might recognize. Well, no, I guess that would be a linked test. That would be right? a linked test, yeah. Yeah, so I won't do that right now, okay. then. All right, so that looks like that's three forks. Oh, can I fork in blacksmith as well? Um, no, it's a staff. Yeah, I suppose. And at first glance, it looks like it's made of wood. Okay. Base up. How many, dice, how many dice do you have? Seven. Yeah, it should be a graduated test. So just, yeah, go ahead and make it a... Base up on one. Yeah. Nice. You can reroll that six if you'd like to. Not sure that it's important enough to me to go beyond just a normal appraisal. Yeah, it looks like it's actually not a graduated test. It would probably be an ob 7, to be honest. No, actually, no. It would be an ob 4. Because my intent was to learn about its construction and not necessarily everything there is to know about it, you know? This would yeah. make sense to be a graduated test, but... Yeah, I think I'm going to make the ob actually 5 in the, the list or whatever. It says, like, antiquities are, like, ob 4, and then if it's magical, ob 1. Basically, what you get from this is... It looks like it's made of wood, but it is so freaking hard. Like there, it is not made out of any wood that you've ever seen. It it's, appears to be made of like just simple oak, but it's obviously not because you you can whack it as hard as you can against a wall and it will not no dents whatsoever. Maybe maybe a little uh, scratch yeah. on the wall. You don't have any uh, experience with magical items of any sort, so yeah, you have mm-hmm. no idea what the magical properties of this could be. 
You just know that it's not natural. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's clearly not normal wood, and it's no. clearly... It's beyond anything I've seen before. Yeah, definitely. In terms of construction and strength and quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to give it a go in the forge, although being magical... I would suggest that you be the one to put it actually into the forge so that if it does blow up in a big cloud of colorful smoke, I'm not the one killed by it, you know? (laughs) I mean, magic and fire kind of all (laughs) together and breaking magical items. Is this a conversation you're having in character? Idea? Yeah. I didn't laugh then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I'm like, that's a good idea. I honestly say... I get concerned and kind of pale, and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually really concerned about what will happen if we actually can break this, so you should be careful. Maybe you should have told them that before. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't really think about it. I just want it to break. I don't really care. But after he's, like, you know, talking about the concerns of what might happen, I'm like, I never thought about what would happen if I actually broke it. I just wanted to desperately break it. I never thought of the repercussions of the act of breaking it, because I didn't care if I died when I, mm-hmm. when I broke it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, so Cantarius, you go ahead and stick it in the fire then. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is the thing: like, you can't just yeah, like, we've got you can't just walk into the there. blacksmith's yeah. forge or just or you use it without his permission. You've got to ask him again. Guy probably shouldn't be here. You could find another smith. Yeah. The thing is, Antonius would not didn't know what happened with the smith before. Mm-hmm. He'd be just like, yeah. "Well, there's a smith right next door. Why don't we just go to that guy?" Yeah. Actually, to be honest, Cantarius, uh, I don't think you know that the smith lives right next door. Yeah. So you yeah, guys, you guys would probably walk in. How is this not going to blow up in my face? I don't want this <laughs> okay, to blow up in my face. I want that forge. Can I say since I'm always making something, could I have been making something for the blacksmith as like a peace offering? Absolutely. Okay, Definitely. what would that be? Maybe a doll for his child? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So so what is it made out of exactly? Like, what did you go and scavenge? Actually, go ahead and make a scavenger roll. You have, you have a skill for a reason. So yeah, go ahead and make a scavenger roll. I think it'd probably be... Okay, so what exactly are you trying to find? Doll material probably something softer than metal so like cloth or something like that that you could make yeah. maybe maybe like cloth and straw that you could like put the straw inside the cloth and like sew it yeah. up okay make that an ob too very nice <laughs> i mean you, you succeeded though yeah unfortunately i mean i think that's a roll again to make it though because you just scavenged you didn't yeah all right so what i got i got the materials necessary and then it'd be junk wire. no it would mending? be mending actually yeah what would the op be to make a doll? Uh, let's make it a three. What? You can fork in other stuff, though. You can fork in... Oh. Can I fork in junk-wise? I mean, you already succeeded, so I guess it doesn't well, matter. Well, but I want to succeed with style. To be honest, if you fork stuff in, that makes the test less difficult. Oh. So, and yeah, you got a difficult test from that, so that's actually pretty good. You should probably just keep it. All right. All right, so how about when I do realize that it's our house, how about I realize it before I go in? Okay. And I'm going to use the, the cash that I have and, like, buy them some meal or something like that. You want to give me a bit of a heads up before we just go walking in? Yeah. Before I just I go walking in. I, uh, I wanted to get some. I, I, that was the first person I questioned is the blacksmith here. And uh, he took it badly. <laughs> what <have laughs> And his you daughter done? walked in. And uh, <laughs> what he was kind of mad. Done? I know. I'm sorry. So... I'm going to go get like a pie and <laughs> I'll be back in a sec. Okay. I need this place. What have you done? I know. It's fine though. Yeah. Go ahead and make a uh, resources roll, Connor. 
um, and you can add one to that. Um, just buying like a pie, I think it's probably just hob one. Oh, I don't have resources. So yeah, you do. We have one resources. That's an attribute. Oh, so go ahead and roll that, and then one modifier is what you're getting with that cash. Base ob one. It's an ob one. Yep. Nice. I succeeded in buying a pie. Awesome. So yeah, <laughs> you, your cash goes away. So <laughs> is that a difficult? Is that a difficult? Thing? It's actually your routine because you use that dice, but you do need a routine. Okay, so yeah, you buy a pie, and basically what, yeah, so you guys walk in, um, Antonius, how does this go down exactly? Like, what do you... Well, I would think that, um, while he's off buying the pie, I would probably go in and see if there was any work he needed done. Okay. Anything that he particularly wanted me to work, you know, that maybe he doesn't necessarily want to work on, or he's backlogged on, or just something yeah you mean my hands so that i'm not walking in at the same time as cantarius absolutely i really really (laughs) don't want this guy to associate me with the man who intimidated him in front of his daughter no definitely yeah so so i think what happens is you walk in and you see him like kind of like praying over his forge uh he kind of like looks up when he sees you or when he like hears you come in and just like clearly coughs or whatever to kind of like hide the fact that he was doing that but it's really obvious i'm gonna be i'm just gonna not necessarily like be obvious about ignoring it, but just be kind about it. Not mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he turns to you and he says, "Antonius, uh, uh, what can I help you with?" And you, you do actually know that this guy's name is August, A G O S T. Well, August, I was wondering if you had any more piecework, something that needed to be done. You were backlogged on. If you wanted more help today, and he kind of like narrows his eyes. He's like, "You want to be paid for this?" I I don't have much in the way of coin at the moment. I, If you would allow me some small time in your shop to work on a project of my own, then that would be more than enough compensation. He just nods. And he's like, that would be, I don't know what to say. I'm, thank you. I would very much appreciate that. And kind of just like, there's like an order of horseshoes that he hasn't gotten around to yet that the, the guards want. He, he kind of like mentions in passing that the guards have come and kind of roughed him up a bit about it. Basically, he he doesn't say this out loud, but you can kind of tell that he's not in a good financial place. So, mm-hmm. and he basically kind of says he just got the the metal necessary to like make the horseshoes. So, the forge did seem pretty bare in terms of scrap metal and stuff. Okay, so this guy's pretty hard off then. Yeah, here comes the difficult part because guards are part of the establishment mm-hmm. and <laughs> fight the power. They took my livelihood from me. They took everything. I hate them. (laughs) (sighs) Yep. Well, in this case, though, I think that I don't want to run the risk of the guards taking it out on this guy. So, yeah, let's, yeah, I'll work on the order horseshoes. Okay, so Cantarius walks in. Where do you go first, Cantarius? You just go, like, walk into the forge because it's like an open, open space. Um, yeah, I, well, I just approach the person that I see first. Who do I see first? Antonius. August? You, you just see Antonius working oh, on the Antonius. forge, and August went back into the house to work on paperwork. I'll probably just go inside. How's I mean, the shop laid out? An open shop with a house attached? Yeah. Okay, I'll just go in there and be like, yo, sorry about before. Mm-hmm. I literally would probably just say that and have no other words. It'd be persuasion. Persuasion? Yeah, so unfortunately you don't have that. So yeah, you're going to be rolling that persuasion um, against his will. Three. So it's going to double to six, unfortunately. Yep. Do I get a bonus for the fact that I'm bringing a pie and a doll? 
Uh, yeah, basically what that is, is yeah, it's an advantage dice. It's like a bribe, basically. So what is that? What do I get modifiers? Then? One modifier. Just one for the pie and the doll? Oh. I handcrafted it. Okay, so yeah, I'll give you two. That's fine. Okay. Martha? Uh, you can spend a persona on this if you want to. You do have one persona. What would that do? It'd give you one more dice. Nah. Okay. Wow. That's a Ooh. really bad roll. You made him real mad. So I think what he does is he he throws the pie on the ground and grabs the doll and he like shakes it in your face and he says, You scared my daughter half to death today! What kind of a monster are you? Ooh, Can I hear Get him outside? out of my sight! Yeah, and you definitely hear him. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna... Bars may be a little too cold, but I'm gonna pull it out of the forge and beat on the thing. I don't, don't want to listen to this. I'm just gonna drown it out with <laughs> Couple extra hammer I think, I think he starts to get a little angry. Cantarius? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he doesn't like this too much. This is horrible. This is so bad. How does this he not blow up the Narcos? He kind of stares at him like. How dare you not accept my apology? Yeah. I mean, I seriously. <laughs> like, like, obviously, he knows, he understands that the guy doesn't understand what he's going through. But, like, his entire world has just been destroyed right now. And now he's against his will serving the papacy. And he wanted information from him and trying to get it nicely so he didn't have to, like, get it in other means. <laughs> hey, that was as nice as he could do it while still getting information. <laughs> so I think he's just going to stare at him. He's going to intimidate him. Just with a stare? So what's your yeah. intent? Uh, he's just probably so conflicted because he's like, I was, you know, just trying to do the right thing. And this guy is just literally freaked out and threw my pie on the ground. Like, I, think, I think that's the main thing is it's like, he just destroyed a pie. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, is this the idea that it's like, hey, at least eat the pie. Like, what's wrong with you? If we were in August's head right now, he would absolutely be regretting knocking that pie on the ground because he's, as we kind of learned with Antonius, he's not too well off. And that so could feed his family. So, okay. so I'm going to say that he is just really angry for a while. Does that concern him at all? Does that concern August? Does he hesitate? He can tell that he's, like, bottling up some rage right now. I think you should make an intimidation roll with the intent of making this guy okay. understand how angry that just made you. That's against Will, his will, so that's a three again. Yeah, you got a six, so you can reroll, except you don't have any fate. So, yeah, you just failed. So, basically, yeah, you just kind of stew in the doorway for a bit, and August, like, he does pale a little bit when he kind of, like, looks at the pie, but then, he, yeah, he just shuts the door on you. I stop him from closing the door. I want to get across something. Okay. I'm sick and tired of this right now. <laughs> okay. I am. You dug this whole kid. Well, how old is Cantarius? Um, 35. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stop the door and I basically just say, what did I do? You don't, you don't understand any of this. I am doing the right thing right now. Like what? Like you, you just don't understand. Okay, so he I think he I tries to just be emotionally freaking out. Yeah, yeah. This guy. He tries to shut the door on you, so it's an opposed power. So unroll your power against this guy. Wow! How did I get a zero? What? I don't know. I got a zero, man. Oh, I don't know wow. what that means. Yeah, he how did got I a get three. a zero? He three just closes the door on you and then he locks All it. All of his successes were sixes. They were, yeah. So what do you do, Connor? I kind of trudge over to Antonius. I'm over there at the forge, pumping the bellows, pointedly ignoring you. I take my staff. I just throw it in. Okay. And I think we'll cliffhanger there. I think we'll find out what happens with that next time. But the one last thing we have to do, we're going to cut back to Theo. We have to do this recovery roll. 
Uh, the doctor came in, like the doctor they got from the town. So he's going to, yeah, he's going to go ahead and do surgery on you. And then the nuns are going to help, help him with apothecary. So this is going to be 66 against an ob three. Yep. So they succeeded. So you are going to recover just fine. And I got to, I got to roll for how long it's going to take. So the number of weeks that it's going to take, it's going to take six weeks for you to fully recover. The first eyes are recovered as soon as the medical successful medical test is made. So basically this turns into a light wound in terms of like stats. So you no longer have the whole uh, two dice thing. Yeah, so you're, that other dice is not going to come back until six weeks from now. So you're definitely a lot more scarred now than you were, even though you had a lot more had a lot of scars. And yeah, you're pretty you're burned up pretty badly. This is burning wheel, my friends. It's a harsh mistress. As you may have come to expect by now, we end every episode going back through our beliefs, instincts, and traits, and finding out if our characters earned any Artha through their actions and play. Let's check that out now. So let's go ahead and go through these uh, beliefs and instincts here, and I I have a feeling that you guys all earned quite a bit of fate. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with you, Alphonse. I'm as good as Dylan, and I'll prove it by trying to take charge in his absence. I definitely did that. So you're, you're saying that like going to talk to the abbess was that taking charge? Yeah. Okay. I want to end the papacy, and I'll start by scamming the church. Definitely did that. So what was exactly your scam? Trying to get all the heretics out of the city. Okay. And that's really a- something. Darren is once again locked in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> this time by an abbess. The most beautiful woman he's ever seen locked him in a closet. Mm-hmm. I want to restore my reputation by making the party start to trust me. I may or may not be genuine. I don't think you'd play to that at all, actually. Yeah. A little bit with Adam, but... Not really? Uh, you didn't make Theo try to trust you? Yeah, you're right. Okay. I always entertain myself. I actually didn't do that this time. Yeah. Alcohol didn't get you into trouble. Always make the situation worse. I always <laughs> definitely made the situation yeah. worse. Adam got struck by lightning. That was had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with a man with too much faith. Yeah. <laughs> not enough. Or not enough. <laughs> no no your faith has to find a subtle balance between the size of a mustard seed and the size of the head of a pin <laughs> and if it gets too much larger than the head of a pin then you get struck by lightning i love that you wrote on your enemy circles literally everyone so your traits okay uh rabble rouser not really Drunk, no. Market privilege, no. Unlucky. I got locked in the closet. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a fate for this this time. This time, he got that far though. Yeah. Uh, tall tale definitely take fate for tall tale teller. 
the the true story you concocted got you into a lot of trouble. Yeah, I tell the truth and I get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, rapey or wit? Not really. Yeah, and then none of the cultural stuff. No, five oh, fate this time. Wow, that's pretty low for Ralphons. So yeah, go ahead and put that in your sets and skills and add that to to the nine fate you already have. <laughs> Fourteen fate. Okay, uh, Cantarius. I think you actually got fate this time, Connor. Yeah, I did. Ah. I was spared for a reason, and I would administer my own justice. Not really. Uh, the staff is the key to figuring out what happened to my son if I break it. Maybe the bondage of my son's soul can be broken as well. I definitely attempted to do that. Yes, you did. Yeah, so you get fate for that. Alphonse um, is evil in every regard, and I'll find yeah. a way to punish him like I have been punished, but <laughs> I never even that, saw yeah. Alphonse except for the very beginning scene. So. I'm going to vote that one off. Um, Connor, if you want to, I'm willing to let you um, rewrite one of those beliefs for this session about the blacksmith. Either you can rewrite it to give yourself a persona point, so like resolve the situation with the blacksmith or if you don't feel like it's resolved you could make a, a belief basically about i need like to do the something of it? yeah like i because I, I honestly was just thinking about that though uh-huh. what i kind of want to do is do something like i want to do the right thing no matter what no matter who who thinks i'm doing the right thing or not like mm-hmm. but i also don't know if i actually would think that right now the belief might be the opposite of that like these people deserve it now like, I might think that, but I don't want to be a bad person. <laughs> like, like Antonius and I are the only two people who are actually, like, slightly good. <laughs> I never so, did anything wrong. Yeah. Well, I, uh, well <laughs> there was that one time. You killed a couple people. Time. And yeah. then those three guards. But, you know. So we can only have three beliefs, correct? Yep. I'm going to change the Alphonse one simply because <laughs> there's no positive thing that's going to come from this RPG of me attacking Jared's character. And I haven't done anything despite you yet, so... Yeah, you have. You What? Name one. With people and your you your list of crimes was all, I, all you needed to do to spite my character. Yeah, but you don't even know if that's true or not. They could all be lies. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've met uh, you. It's very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, so I still hate his guts and, like, I want to kill him, but I'm not going to make that my belief mm-hmm. i think it should be i want to do the right thing and what's like your um, first step to doing that what was my first step or what is my first what step? is your first step i mean unless you already had a first step i want to do the right thing no matter what people think i guess i always do what's right no matter what anyone thinks stop us from killing the heretics that don't need to be killed yeah that's probably it I'm not going to kill all the heretics. I will make sure that we don't kill anybody that does not deserve death. There is no needless death. Yeah. Yeah. There's a confrontation. I take the lead. Did I get something for that for well, confronting okay. the blacksmith or no? Yeah, I suppose so. Go ahead. Okay. Always inventing something. I was doing that. It didn't really get you into trouble though. That's true. Never harm a child. Definitely got you into got trouble. Into trouble. <laughs> that got you in trouble. All right. So yeah, how many fate points did you get for that then? Uh, three. Antonius, let's go ahead and go through yours. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance I could refine or add a belief? Absolutely. Or does that happen? Okay. No, you're good. I kind of like the flavor of Cantarius's new one, Preventing Needless Death. That does seem to be what I was playing to today. Yeah, let's team up and have the same belief. And then this party will actually kind of be like organized <laughs> and with the same goal. Uh-huh. Well, at least sort of. 
perhaps it would be something along the lines of, I don't want to be a horrible person, therefore I will rein in the impulsive and destructive instincts of the other members of the party. Absolutely. It's a good belief. Right. <laughs> it's a very good belief, um, morally. You, yes. won't, you won't necessarily get persona for that unless you legitimately do that, like, in full kind of a thing, but you will definitely get fate for it every time you, you try to... Try to do, do, it, do you so. mean, like, if he convinces them not to be violent anymore? Well, that's the thing. Like, basically, the way to fulfill that belief and get a persona would basically be to stop them from... Basically, change their personality into not being that impulsive. But if you did want to get a persona for it, what you would do is you would write that out. That would be the start of the belief, and then you'd have a first step into doing that, and then you could get a persona when you finish that. Okay, sure. I don't want to be a horrible person. Therefore, I will rein in the bloodthirsty impulses of the other members of the party. And then your first step to doing that is... First step is to prevent them from harming anyone at the Abbey until we have proof of heresy. That very much might still happen. Especially if David gets involved. So leave that kind of going both ways here. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is that awesome. Gonna, is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, take fate for that. I want to get my life back, so I'll prove myself by completing this mission. Yeah. Working toward the completion yep. of the mission. Take fate. You still have so, not hurt the first noble you saw. No, I'm starting to think that maybe... He hurt me emotionally by ignoring me. <laughs> That's true. Does that count? I don't think you were actively working towards that, though. No. Yeah. No, I haven't really been actively working toward ending the the man, the oppression, yeah. whatever. Yeah, maybe. I'm not, not sure about the way that one's written, because it's like, that's totally something, you know, I despise the oppressive nobility, something that Antonius would feel, but I'm not so sure about that particular therefore, mm-hmm. you know? Because Antonius wouldn't just impulsively follow that belief and yeah. then blow up his entire... And blow up the party that yep. would cause him to be shredded into little bits and Definitely. pile on the ground in a puddle of goo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Let's, well, let's workshop that one before next session and try to figure out something. Okay. Instincts. If I see something broken, I must fix it. Didn't get me into trouble. No. Other than that, part of the reason I'm at that forge that day when Contarius throws his staff in. So that yeah, could you, get me into trouble you'll probably next time. Get, yeah, you'll probably get into trouble next time, depending on, on how that goes. I always believe I'm right. That didn't necessarily get me into trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have a knife on me. Didn't also, get me into yeah. trouble. Then we go through traits as well. Doesn't look like Broken any of in, Ambitious, really. cynical, religious, haughty, gluttonous, made man, hand-eye coordination, unlucky. Well, Cantarius has gone and made enemies with my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and take fate for unlucky. That's fine. That's one that will very easily give you fate. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Adam. So that's three. Yeah. Uh, beliefs. If I do no right bidding, I will get my life or my wife back. I will kill this man for the goddess. Well, okay, so so do you want to re- rewrite that belief to I will kill the abbess for the goddess? Are you actually going to try to do that? Like, is that a thing your character will do? I don't know. I feel like once I see her, I think the abbess is just like, a, you know, I don't think anything of her, but when I see her, I feel like she'll have a some kind of influence on me not to. Like, I can't. Almost like, you know, like, and on Snow White, that one guy was like, oh, I'm going to kill, kill her, mm-hmm. but Caesar and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do this. He was like a murderer. Those are the things. So, so in this moment, like right as when I mean, the, the abbess hasn't come yet, does your character believe that you will kill the abbess for the goddess? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and rewrite that. Take fate for that because I mean, you did. If I do Narani's bidding, I will get my wife back. You did try to do that. Yeah, I'm fighting whether or not to trust the gods. I work towards increasing my faith. You absolutely work towards increasing your faith. <laughs> yeah, it did definitely get you in trouble too. It's still fate because if you didn't actually increase your faith score, um, as soon as you do, then you will definitely get a persona for that. Oh, okay. 
Do I get a third belief? You that? can, yes. If you if you have another idea for for a belief, you can write that in and get paid for it. Yeah, that's fine. Instincts. If a goddess tells me to kill someone, I kill them. Didn't get you uh, into trouble. Always judge a book by its cover. Uh, not really. I, don't really. I feel like that'll come into hand next time because mm-hmm. I'll judge her and be like, "Oh, maybe she isn't so bad." Sure, sure. Um, never heed danger. Oh yeah, absolutely take fate for that. You got struck by freaking lightning for goodness sake. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because she told me not to. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I was like, oh shit, it could hurt me. And then she did. Yeah. And that's it, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, traits. Um, you know what? Go ahead and take fate for determined because you were very determined to succeed on a faith roll. See, this is the thing. I feel like if we were just kind of going at face value, you would get fate for never heed danger, determined, faithful, and believer, because all of them contributed to you getting struck by lightning, but I don't think... You know what? You got struck by freaking lightning. Take fate for all of those. That's fine. So, so yeah, you have six fate. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, that was a fantastic session, guys. I'm really glad we got to... I feel like I'm going to have to go against my own will and instinct next mm-hmm. game you want to see the abbess and i'm like sneak up behind her yeah. or something adam we just need to have we, we need to have a like a, a confrontation and be like whoa <laughs> no it's like mm, no problem is you're locked in a pantry right now so yeah yeah <laughs> i'll persuade the door to open <laughs> come on door well i mean you can persuade maybe a passing nun to open it for you that's a possibility yeah yeah maybe there's some... oh, yeah, the, the matronly nun who thinks i'm attractive mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, it's a possibility uh, She's helping, like, Theo at the moment. So, mm. they're doing their surgery apothecary stuff. So, yeah, I'll see you all Bye. next week. Same bad time, Bye. same bad channel. Thank you for playing. It's been fantastic. Alright. Adios, everybody. See ya. Bye. That was very successful. That was episode three of Crow Inquisitors. Look out for bonus content during the week as well, such as original fiction, music, and other extras to tide you over until we return to the campaign proper. I hope you enjoyed the story so far. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode.